previously, previously on the Game On Podcast. Did I did I did I read somewhere that uh, ten out of the twelve Victorian clubs uh, cricket were chasing you down? No, that was in footy. No, that was a footy club. Sorry. Yeah, I had a uh, couple of interesting incidents there where in nineteen sixty five when it was going pretty well at Kyabram with uh, with Dick Clay and uh, you know there were teams coming up all the time. Uh, it was before zoning and. Uh, couple of quick stories there. Mum was out on the golf course one day. My father was killed when I was in 1963. Uh, but uh, so Jack Dyer went out on the golf course, uh, uh, you know, to see mum, which uh, I'm sure he would have had his ears bashed uh, out there. And uh, <laughs> uh, then I was riding my bike out to uh, with some mates out to the local uh, golf course with mum's uh, golf bag over my shoulder and a uh, car pulled up alongside me and asked me was I Ross and said uh, yeah, uh, well do you mind if I have a chat so, uh, well there were two fellows in the car and one was Bob Davis, the coach of Geelong and the other was Leo O'Brien who was their secretary manager yep. Yep. and they offered me a straight off, uh, offered me a trip to uh, uh, to Hawaii at the end of season, end of season trip and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd been to Melbourne a couple of times, but uh, Hawaii was a bit out of the, uh, <laughs> out of the imagination. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Uh, that would have been pretty hard to knock back, Roscoe. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, but so I went to my senior master at school. As I said, I didn't have dad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I went to my senior master, who I played footy with, Ozzy Nelson, a really good man, and said, asked Mr. Nelson... Uh, what he thought and he said well do you want to play with them and I said no I want to play for Melbourne and he said well probably be a good idea if you didn't go (laughs) Um, yeah but uh, uh, you know Geelong had a terrific team at the time with Polly Farmer and Dennis Marshall and Peter Walker and all of those fellows so Doug Wade yeah so and as you said before Melbourne were uh, when Barassi left at the end of 64 to go and coach Carlton. Uh, that was the start of uh, uh, a, uh, a demise of Melbourne for probably lasted the next 50 years until you know, a couple of years ago when they won the premiership. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. And welcome back to Game On. My name's Pete, uh, once again joined by Malcolm, and uh, just back after a bit of a trip up to the Gold Coast there. But uh, Roscoe, a couple of weeks ago, was absolutely fantastic. And, gee, isn't it amazing how clubs went about recruiting players back in the day? Oh, there's a few <laughs> stories from back in that era, and, you know, Neil Barm ending up at Richmond 
by going on an end-of-season trip. Uh, so, yeah, there are some stories a around. A trip to Hawaii story. back then yeah, was was huge, really, yeah. when you think about it. Your effort to knock back just quietly. And then, you know, Bobby Davis basically rolling yeah. up. You'd be a little bit worried when someone rolls up to the to you and says, you know, are you Ross? And, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, can I help you? And, yeah, we want you to come play for us. Uh, absolutely amazing. You can imagine some of that stuff would still be happening today if there weren't so many rules and regulations yeah. around it. So yeah, very much so. All right. Or cloak and dagger back then. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. Around the grounds. And today, mate, what we're going to do is we're going to – it's going to be a big episode. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks to catch up on, but uh, we're going to have a look at the test uh, – cricket test final, the Ashes, the SNFLW, obviously the state of origin is pretty tip, topical at the moment, but uh, we're going to get started with the AFL. Uh, we're going to briefly brush on round 13. Obviously, I was away for that, but um, uh, St Kilda defeating Sydney. Yeah, Sydney had plenty of chances, just blew, blew some shots for goals and – as you know, the old cliche, kick it straight and it gets you over the line. Absolutely. Port Adelaide defeating Western Bulldogs. Yeah, a bit, bit too classy. Um, Butters, Butters, Rosie, yep. Jason Orn Francis around the ball. We'll, we'll cover that a little bit later. Uh, Hawthorne defeating Brisbane. Shock of the round there for me. It was, it was the upset. Again, Brisbane haven't got a great record in Melbourne, especially against Hawthorne. I think that's Hawthorne's uh, fifth win in a row in terms of in Melbourne against them. Yep. So. Adelaide uh, demolishing the West Coast Eagles by 122 points. Yeah, Adelaide defeated the Witches' Hats. They, yes. they yes. were very classy no, at times were, there. Yeah, West Coast, though, terrible. Absolutely. They're, uh, they're arguably worse than what Fitzroy were in their last year at the moment. Uh, Richmond defeating uh, Fremantle. Yeah, just took the most of their opportunities and got over the line. Absolutely. Uh, GWS uh, defeating North Melbourne. Just a bit too good. Yep. Uh Essendon defeating Carlton, six sixteen answered the ca- answered the call there. Uh, yeah, you actually had more scoring shots yet lost convincingly. Says it all. It, says it all. It does, doesn't it? Uh, Collingwood uh, being defeated by Melbourne, and Melbourne should have won by more. They had plenty of the ball. Yeah, eight eighteen. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, to go out and so and side bottom a couple of pretty important players for Collingwood but they're still they're still going to be well and truly around the mark absolutely all right we move on to round 14 which was played uh last weekend uh starting on Thursday night Port Adelaide v Geelong this was the one I was really looking forward to uh, a little bit of a test for Port Adelaide obviously they're on their roll at the moment with uh, 9 10 11 wins in a row um you know Geelong looked like they're just starting to come back to a little bit of form and and Gee, Port really, at the end of the day, 16-14, probably should have won by more as well. Yeah, but 21 points down at quarter time and still down at half time, but it come back. It was a goal of the difference at half time. And then Kabang. Their midfield got on top. Butters um, you know, set the example again. And yep. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the real deal. Absolutely. They really their ability to change their change lanes or change their game plan oh. – Mid-season has been mag- magnificent to watch. You know, their first four or five rounds, they were ranked 16th, 17th and 18th yeah. for defence and movement and ball movement. But since round five or six to obviously round 14, uh, they've been number one or number two in those key stats. And it's showing that they just keep that ball moving forward. And it's a little bit of... 
I suppose I look at, say, Collingwood and, and Adelaide as a really good example, is that they've really relied on their young guys to do the job for them and really back them in to do the job that needs to be done. And I might be harping on about him, but it's really since Butters went on ball. Yeah, now those three, and especially dry grounds in September. Yep. Wow. Uh, impressive by Port Adelaide, and uh, we'll keep, keep watching them. Um, side note on this one, it's not on our run sheet today, but you know Kenny Hinckley's contract, are they now stuck between a rock and a hard place? It's funny, because they're really going to have to offer it to him before the finals, and then if Port bomb in the finals, God, the supporters will go troppo. It'll be enjoyable to watch, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's an interesting um, concept that, you know, we're not going to talk until August. Yeah. You're starting to run the risk of if they do appoint him and, you, like you said, they do bomb, then, um, oh. yeah, it looks, looks bad. If they don't appoint him, he goes on to win the premiership. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't yeah. it? All right, um, Brisbane v Sydney. Yeah, Brisbane is a bit too good in the end. A little classy. Yeah, 13-19. They should have won pretty easy. Up Brisbane a little bit in the mould of what the Crows are in at the moment is that they seem to be winning a lot at home but just can't quite get the job done away. I think there's certain similarities there. You can't argue with that. Absolutely. Uh, GWS absolutely taking Fremantle to the uh, cleaners there by 70 points. So it's not only a a loss to Fremantle, but it's hurt their percentage big time. So that's huge. And now that they play Eston this week... Back at home, massive game. That could be the game of the round yeah. or to, to watch for, that's for sure. Uh, Richmond uh, defeating St Kilda. Uh, Richmond were down by four or five goals yeah, early. Yeah. Um, but Trent Conscience, Trent Conscience, Cotchins, 300th game, they really, um, you know, Rose to the to the to the occasion, but also it seems like McWalters started to put some of the pieces back together that were during their premiership days, and it is a little bit like Back to the Future with those guys. Dusty seems to be doing all right. Cochin seems to be doing yeah. all right. Um, Taranto's been a big pickup, absolutely. And though, and those guys now actually, you know the. The first couple of rounds, they were going, well, these guys aren't really slotting into the Richmond way of, of playing. But as soon as the pieces sort of went back together, these guys have stepped up and done really, really well as well. Are we a little concerned with St Kilda sliding once again? Um, the win two loss, biggest win loss. Yep. Yeah, look, they're they're a middle of the roadish, but they had a bit bit of the ball in the last quarter. Max King missed a couple, which would have put at one point the difference. Yep. Uh, so then it would have been up for grabs. So it gets again. To quote the great man John Griffin, it's a fine, fine line between, between pleasure, pleasure and pain. pain. Absolutely. Uh, Carlton defeating Gold Coast. This was a little bit, for me, it was great that Carlton won, but it was probably a little bit disappointing for the Suns in that yeah. I thought they might throw up a little bit more of a fight. And they've been up for the last five or six weeks and just didn't real, quite get it done. It was a real test for them. And, and playing Carlton, they'd lost six. You know, they, they were there for the taking. Yep. I admit, just purely because of Gold Coast record in Melbourne, I went for Carlton. Yep. Um, broke my record saying I wouldn't tip Carlton again for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, and and that's the thing. It was a really easy win too, yep. so very disappointing. Yep. And again, I'm still spewing that Adelaide was stupid enough not to go up to uh, Darwin earlier. Yeah, well, that could dumb, come dumb, back. Dum 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 dum. Could become. Yep. Could come back to bite them a little bit later in the in the season. Certainly, their win against West Coast uh, last or the week before certainly helped their percentage as yeah. far as that goes. But you know, they really need to pinch one or two games on the road, and we'll talk about that a little bit yep. later as we go on. And the last game of the round was the Bulldogs v North Melbourne. Yeah, North Melbourne were competitive, got within two points in the last quarter, and they'd up, been up early. But yeah, Bulldogs again a bit too 
Uh, you know, in the end, Bulldogs are copying a pretty important injury with Liam Jones breaking his arm. So yep. that could have some ramifications for the Dogs. Yeah, the Bulldogs' defence seems to be the one Achilles heel for them yeah. at the moment. And, and losing Jones. And losing Jones. Yeah, exactly right. So that's going to be an interesting watch over the next couple of weeks. Now, yep. the buyers in round 14 there were Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Essendon, Melbourne and West Coast. Who needed the buy the most out of that group? West Coast need about 10 more buys. <laughs> they just need to get through to the end of the season, don't yeah. they? Um, who comes out of that buy? Obviously, uh, we're going to talk about this in a minute. Adelaide and Collingwood play each other. Who comes out of that a little more refreshed? I was still saying the home side. You know, Adelaide should have beaten Collingwood here, but you'd still still think Collingwood will do the job at the Jeep. And I think they'll do it pretty convincing. Absolutely, yep. All right, let's move on to round 15. We're starting to get towards the business end of the season and, um, you know, with only nine rounds to go, uh, the permutations and the changes that could happen within top eight are really hinging on the next couple of rounds. So uh, we've got Melbourne v Geelong down at uh, GMHBA Stadium. Huge game. Geelong are really on the edge. So it would be a great result for Adelaide for yep. Melbourne to beat Geelong. Yep. But down there, I'll go the, uh, the Cats down there. You almost have to tip them every time. The only side you don't tip against them down there is GWS, ironically. I was going to say, it's not very often that Geelong lose two games in a row down there. And I, yeah, I, I think Melbourne are going to be with them. But I just think, like you said, the home ground advantage. Although Dangerfield injured again. I, I want to see the sides. Yep. I really do on this one. Yep. Uh, I might go Melbourne on this one, but only just. As I said, it's hard to tip against Geelong down there. Yeah. But like you said, I totally forgot that Dangerfield is out. Um, uh, you know, playing with a broken rib uh, and a partially collapsed lung here in Adelaide, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, huge, huge effort. Um, so, yeah, that, we're going to watch that one with interest. Um, and that's on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, Friday, we've got St Kilda v Brisbane again, another big game. big game, Marvel Stadium. Where Brisbane are generally slightly better, but they've lost already lost to Bulldogs there this year. That, I think that was that Monday night yes. game. Um, St Kilda win-loss, win-loss. Um, toss of the coin. Again, won't say the sides, but Marvel... St Kilda's record there is reasonable. Mm-hmm. You still suspect Brisbane probably have got the better side. Yes, but it's a toss of the coin with their record down there. I, I think Charlie's going to light it up. He hasn't lit it up for a couple of weeks, and he had a poor game last week. He actually. did, yeah. So I think he faster deck at Marvel, He's uh, probably the potentially indoors. He is. That's right, and yep. also Joey Danaher. Um, if he gets sort of going a little bit, then I think he's going to be hard to stop. But vice versa, St Kilda can get that ball into Max King. It could make a huge difference. So, yeah, I'm going to go Brisbane just. Yeah. And it's going to be a tight contest. Yep. All right. Um, Sydney v West Coast so at the SCG. Sydney v the buy. Sydney. Yeah, it's hard to yeah, mount a case no. for, for the Eagles at the moment. Um, right. Adam Simpson, do you... We did talk about this a couple of weeks ago. Do they sort of give him a fortnight off or three weeks off and say, hey, you are our guy, just go away, refresh yourself a little bit. Maybe the chance of a different voice in the box like we've seen with North Melbourne and like we've seen with Richmond um, might serve a little bit of purpose, but when you don't have the cattle, it does make it hard as well. So The thing is... They're just not playing with any purpose. It's just not working hard, even defensively. Like Adelaide have kicked twenty-seven goals, and Adelaide aren't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. So look, 
What do you? I mean, what do you do? And I heard Nathan Buckley talk about this a couple of weeks ago, saying that sometimes their their biggest um, um, achievements come from when you're in in your lowest points, or they can come from your lowest points. Well, you set just different sort of goals. Yeah, it's even a win a quarter. It's even just a more. Uh, Harbaugh gets more stoppage win, more stoppages yep. than the opposition for a quarter. And, just and, little things, and like they did that. that against Collingwood a couple of weeks ago, where they came for twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and you thought, hang on, you know, they're having a red hot dip, but they just couldn't sustain it, and we understand why. Um, okay, so resetting of the goals, and and Adam Simpson, do you think he'll be there at the end of the year? I'm actually starting to suspect I don't reckon he will be. Yeah, won't say. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Fremantle v Essendon. Now, again, we talked about this just briefly before, that this could be the, the game of the round. Yeah. Or one of the games of the round. Darcy meant to be back for Fremantle, Frederick and James Aish. Uh, James Aish still got to tick off a couple of things later in the box. The concussion protocol, yep. Yeah, the, let's say I might have a reasonable mail on that one, yep. that we're hopeful that he does play. Yep. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, being at Optus, you... Back the Dockers probably a little bit, but Essendon always travel well over to yeah. WA. They it's always a, have. It's a big game, really is. It'd be a great result for Adelaide for Fremantle to get up. Yep. But yeah, won't see. Do we expect a response from Fremantle after the debacle against GWS? You'd hope so. You'd hope just a you know line in the sand sort of stuff. Yeah, cliche stuff, but yeah. Get the mouth guards out on Monday yeah. and away you go. All right, uh, the one that uh, obviously most South Australians will be looking forward to, apart from Port Adelaide, of course, uh, is Collingwood v Adelaide. I reckon Port supporters will be looking forward to it because I reckon they think Adelaide are in for a pants-down job and they'll be enjoying that. Well, but that also like them to win too because then that leaves them a game clear on top. Yeah, so potentially. It's a little bit like uh, last week where a lot of crow supporters were barracking for Port Adelaide to beat Geelong to keep but them one, out. One so, v two is the same thing. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not like you actually have the common sense of the grand final being somewhere other than the MCG, yep. but that's another topic. Okay. Try so we and obviously the extended VFL correct. So we obviously see Collingwood as yeah, probably favourites there. I think the Crows are going to put the, put up a fight for a little bit, but I yeah. think it's going to be the same old, same old from Collingwood that uh, they're just going to get going and not, uh, they're hard to stop at the MCG. Yeah. It's almost like the Richmond of the last couple of years where they're always just hard to beat. Yeah. And to finish off the round, the Suns v Hawthorne down at Heritage Bank Stadium in Queensland. Yeah, you'd. You'd expect Gold Coast to rebound, uh, but Hawthorne are playing pretty good footy at the moment. Well, they're the, definitely the know, best of the apart, bottom four. Apart from the game here against Port, mm-hmm. but again, Sicily now out. Who is from? Who is their barometer? Now, he misses the next three. I think he's pretty unlucky on that one. Yep. Um, there's some of those, you know, where I've been very critical. Yes. You know, and I, as I've said, I still believe Rory Laird was guilty. I thought that was a poor decision. Yep. Um, I think... I thought, but so I'll go Gold Coast purely again. Sicily out the next three is massive. More um, uh, Sicily has played. Sorry, has been suspended for almost more games than he's played this yeah. year. It's it's an unusual stati- statistic for one player in one um, club and a, uh, captain. and a captain as well. And we yeah. have talked about it previously that yeah, yeah. That a couple of them were silly. Um, Tackles, this one here would seem to be a bit more yeah, liable. And this is the one he got clipped on the most. So, yeah. Yeah. interesting. All right, and buys, obviously, to Carlton, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide, the Bulldogs, the Giants, and Richmond. Who out of those do you think needed the buy the most? Well, Carlton, yes. Carlton, <laughs> you know, at one last game, or enough that they've gone through to win, have a bit more 
relaxing bit. I reckon that 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 could help the Blues. I'm shaking my head in agreement, mate. Uh, that was the one out of that group that I picked as the team that needed the buy the most, just yep. to just to stop. Everything that was going on, they had the win of. If they'd lost, holy moly, the next two weeks would have been unbelievable. But uh, just gives them that little bit of breathing space. They can reset and reload, and there are nine games to go, so anything can happen. My big one is probably Port Adelaide. They're on such a roll that you yeah. don't want to stop. That's the, that's the big yeah. one. You you just want to keep playing because they're uh, they're on fire a little bit. So um, it'll be interesting to see. And then their next game is Eston away. So, yeah, it is interesting. It, yeah. It'll be interesting to see whether that uh, that does uh, break them down a little bit or, um, you know, really uh, uh, keeps them going and, and refreshes them for the uh, second half of the season or the back third of the season. All right, mate, we move on to the SNFL. Um, maybe I should go away more often, mate. Uh, we'll talk about this one in a minute. Yeah, we will. Um, round nine, we'll quickly breeze over this one here. Adelaide defeating Woodville West Torrens. Yeah, reasonably close, but Adelaide's class towards the end uh, at Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, and yeah, I find it a little strange. Yes, NFL clubs are green to play Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. They train there. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I get that their players are like the experience to have a kick and a catch on Adelaide Oval, but yep. yeah, I'd rather I for mine with. Woodville West Torrance would have been far better off playing that game at Oval Avenue. Absolutely. Uh, the surprise of the round for me was uh, West Adelaide defeating North Adelaide. Reasonably convincingly too. You know, five five goals, four goals. The Roosters are struggling. Like That's that's mm. probably for me is the surprise. I, yep. I thought they were the team to beat this year. And yep. yeah, they're struggling. So Westie's been better, way better than expected. So yeah, well done to uh, Adam Adelaide, Hartlett yep. on that one. Absolutely. Port Adelaide defeating uh, the Bulldogs, Central Districts. Yeah, they so again that that bit where you've got the AFL players back, yes. and they had you know, and even like as a Nordman on Friday night when on when Rioli pulled out, oh you beauty, Narkel now doesn't play. You yes, know, it's, it's such a changes everything, line. doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the big one for me while I was away, I, I had to double check this score considering how well Sturt have been going. Uh, Glenelg, uh, yeah, beating, incredible, beating them by a hundred. 105 points. Yeah, but let's go to the real thing about that game. 7,500 people at Glenelg. Glenelg have set the template for every other team. They got they ticked every box. Yep. They had something. They had a lot of stuff for the kids. Yep. Tick. Kids want to go, mum and dad. They did the MMD staff, past Glenelg players being dunked. Yep. Past players, Keith Coleman leads that troop uh, with Peter Carey yep. and Rexy Voigt. They do that very well, Glenelg. Yep. Um, so, yeah, massive. Hats off to them. Yeah, big time, big time. And uh, did they not repay the faith for coming and playing in front of a reasonably big crowd down at uh, Glenelg? Yeah, Oval it there? was just a bizarre result. And we were checking the scores down at Norlunga, and, yeah, it was astonishing. Absolutely. Well, yeah, as I said, I was checking the scores while I was up on the Gold Coast there, and I just went, hang on, Monday yeah. Monday football didn't agree with Sturr, that's yeah. for sure, but uh, certainly agreed with Glenelg. Uh, and the other one that I was checking while I was away there, and uh, fingers crossed, toes crossed, legs crossed, eyes crossed, that Norwood would uh, finally get a win on the board, and sure enough, they did. Oh, look, and at quarter time, one goal each, and Norwood had, had the use of a really strong breeze. Yep. And we were going, ah, no. Nothing's changed. And then Nord played their best quarter of the footy for the year in the second quarter. Yep. Really ran it. And set the ran game Ran through up. the lines, yep. kicked low. Actually, you know, Panos got, got involved a bit. Yep. And just a bit more nous and run. And, yeah, up at half time, good third quarter. While 
while South came right back, and it got a bit scary there mm-hmm. in the last quarter. Yep. Yeah, South did get four injuries in the game against North, and with a couple of South officials for the game, one of them said, hey, we know certainly today with who's coming and that. So, yep. yeah. Yep, look, as an odd sporter. And, uh, oh, it's good to break the duck. Yeah, hats off to Brad Harris. I love the line that he could finally play, put his premiership scarf from last year out the window that he <laughs> took to around whatever to open it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, fair enough. And, uh, yeah, as Nord supporters, we were uh, over the moon that we finally broke yes. the duck. And uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about this week's yeah, round. But now, mind you, yes. as a Redback supporter, one for eight, that's quite successful. <laughs> yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, we're, we're shotgunning the lunch break with that score. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk about the cricket a little bit yes. later on as well. All right, we move on to round number 10. Uh, Central's defeating Woodville. Uh, again, there's a couple of little surprises in here while I was away that it's just crazy. At the Ponderosa, though, yeah. they are hard to beat out there. And that game was on TV, so I will be honest, uh, I did have a look at yep. that in the background. I was at Uni Oval. Yep. Um, and, yeah, they ran it. and They they were in control of the game, really, right from probably halfway through the second quarter. Yep. They do, result by the you're dogs. right, they do play uh, the Elizabeth Oval yep. very, very well. Uh, Sturt uh, in a tight tussle with North Adelaide. That was touch and go for a while until late in the game. But again, 9-13, um, you know, certainly dominating the uh, forward 50 entries, but just not converting. Probably could have won by a couple more goals. Yeah, and just probably again, a little bit more polished at, and at home. Sturt have got a pretty good record at home as well. Well, they've got a good record everywhere this year, apart from one game at the Bay. But a- Absolutely. Yeah. And um, the third game uh, of round 10, uh, Nord defeating Port Adelaide. Uh, obviously, keen interest in this one here. Traditional rivals, Nord Port at the parade. Uh, it was a televised game. So it was all on the line, really. And, and Nord- the Gallagher-Williams Cup. Yes. If we win, yes. it's still the most important trophy in world sport. If we lose, it's not nah, bugging Sunday that <laughs> AFL mob, yeah, yep. sort of thing. So, yeah, a bit of fun there. Absolutely. And and the way that all works out is obviously on win. Uh, if you win two, you take it. Well, if it's one all, right? it goes on the, uh, on the margin. St- that's right. And this year was actually, it's the second time it's ever happened. The dead draw. It was the dead draw, but because Nord are the holders from last year, well, we're claiming that's good enough. Absolutely. So, uh, yes. And look, I will say... This game did have a bit of a personal bit in the end. Uh, Liam Robinson, uh, son of Mark, a Nord team manager, one of my best mates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam's a twin, and so I actually used to go up and help uh, Mark look after the twins right from a few weeks old. Yep. So I go back a long way. Got the Robinsons out to uni. So Liam is actually the f- first player to play league football after being a top-up player from Adelaide Uni. From Adelaide uni. Yep. Um, and kicked the winning goal. And, yeah, so pretty pumped, obviously, involvement with Liam. And, look... Mate, um, I, I could hear on the scoreboard there was a bit of yes, bit of, was bit a of bit ruckus of, uh, yeah, over near the scoreboard. Yeah, it might have been. The scoreboard might have got a bit loud with Liam <laughs> kicked that goal. <laughs> and, look, Liam went through a few personal things last week. And, look, Liam helped. helped and, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a great kid. Yep. And, yeah, just wrapped. Obviously, Nord kicking eight goals, 12 uh, again. Bad kicking can cost you games, but on this occasion they held held their nerve, and certainly that early goal in the first uh, in the last quarter really gave them that breathing space to just Which get the game on their terms. Liam marked, kicked to the perfect spot to Luke Sermon, and Luke Sermon had a really good game. He looked he looked dangerous, dangerous all yeah, day. Agreed. Um, look, the other thing I've got to be honest, um, 
I'm not convinced that Tom Jonas's body will come back. He's been a warrior to get through 200 games. He's not that tall as yep. a key defender, so he's he's played above his his height and weight for all those years. Yep. And I really reckon his body's catching up. I I hope I'm wrong. Yep. Um, and it was good to catch up with Tom after the game, and all the best. But yeah, it's he. He's just not getting his his legs just aren't getting him to where. Yep. Where his body yeah, wants to and go, and that happens at oh. this time of their career. And he's been a magnificent servant. Yeah. Uh, hate to say it for the Port Adelaide Football yeah. Club or the Port Adelaide Power Footy Club. Um, and obviously, you could just see he's almost a step, half a step behind on the weekend on occasion. Um, and where it got said that Orazio Fantasia came off uh, um, was rested, mm-hmm. I think my mail on some hamstring trouble. Might turn out to be more correct. We'll okay, leave it, leave it at that one. Uh, I'm glad you uh, mentioned um, Arazio. Obviously, uh, was was playing some brilliant footy there for a little while there in the in the middle of the second and third quarter. And like you said, yeah, him coming off was uh, it's pretty crucial. precautionary, but obviously hadn't played very much. And he'd played three games uh, back in the SNFL and probably pushing for a little bit yeah. of uh, oh, AFL like, recall. You I know, think what basically I mean? his body had got him through one or two more. They would pick him. Yeah. It's just body just... Keeps breaking yeah, down. Yeah, unfortunately. For razzle-dazzle. Is, is, uh, is it a thing that he may end up playing a bit more SNFL over the next year or so? Oh, look, I think at the moment his, his career's on a tightrope. Yeah, that's and why I'm asking. He's sitting there. Port at the moment, he didn't play at all last year. Yep. They're going to go, hang on, we can't really offer him another contract at yep. the moment. So he's got a few pretty crucial weeks and... He, it's now a hamstring trouble after grind a calf. He's in that that triangle of Narco, Rioli, and Fantasia. They're all fighting for that one spot, aren't they? And and and, and Evans, Evans yeah. Know, and, and he played brilliantly too, didn't he? To get bring in Narco, I think was almost insurance about Arazio's body. Yep. You know, that that to me was smacked of that choice in the mid season draft. Yep. Comes in, played well against Geelong. Yep. So it does. It puts Arazio back down the the order a little bit. Pecking order, and his body's just yeah struggling yeah. as well. All right, and to finish off round ten, we've got West Adelaide v Glenelg this Saturday. Yeah, it's uh, amazing how this has been a split round. Yeah, at um, Hisense Arena. Hisense Arena. Yep. Yes, I admit I've got to always make sure I get my names of the ovals correct. <laughs> yep. We get told that as commentators. Yes, absolutely. Um. Uh, yeah, you tip you tip Glenelg, but Westies have been competitive at home. I, I admit, I, I'm tempted to go and have a look at that one on Saturday. I'm just not sure where I'll end up yet. Absolutely. All right, uh, we move on to round 11, which will be the following Saturday. Yep. We might just skim through this very, very quickly, and we'll talk about it a little yep. bit more next week. Eagles v Panthers. Toss big, of the coin. Big game, isn't it? Yeah, it is a big game at... At Oval Avenue, where the pasties are spicier, Woodville West Orange. Uh, Port Adelaide v West Adelaide. Again, a lot to see what Port's yeah. AFL yep. situation Happens. and all yep. that is. They're away next week, which means they take another player. Yep. Um, so toss the coin, but you probably do. Favour Port Adelaide. Port, yeah. Uh, Glenelg v the Bulldogs. At Glenelg. At Glenelg. Yeah. Hot, uh, Stradarama yeah, Stra- Stadium. Yep. Stradarama. Uh, the Bays. Uh, North Adelaide v Adelaide. I'll go Adelaide. I think Adelaide as well. And probably the match of the round for me is Sturt v Nord, only because Nord 
absolutely yeah. desperate, and they're only two games out of the five. Yeah, that's crazy. the ridiculous part about this whole thing. It is crazy. So, oh look, you've got a tipster that's logical yep. uh, from the from the head, but obviously. Uh, at least we know that the correct song will get sung after the game either way. It's a grand old flag yes. no matter what. All right, mate, we move on uh, to the tennis. We briefly, talk about, uh, briefly talked about a couple of weeks ago the French Open. It obviously concluded. Uh, we got the semi-final of Alcaraz and Djokovic, yeah. and it was sort of a bit of a fizzer in the end, wasn't it? Just, yeah, Djokovic is just too good at the moment. Absolutely. And uh, obviously Djokovic going on to play Casper uh, Ruud in the final. Yeah. And uh, once again, the cream rises to the top. Yeah, I think that's just a waste way to put it. And, you know, Rudd's actually had a pretty good couple of years on uh, clay, making a couple of finals. And look who he's run into. He's run into uh, Nadal and he's run into Djokovic. You can't do anything more, can you? And your money's got to be on Djokovic at Wimbledon. Absolutely. And in the women's, Schwantek defeating uh, Mayer in the final. Um I think I'll du- double check that one uh, before we put this one to air. Actually, uh, so Swantek winning uh, her Grand Slam final there at uh, at the French Open, and obviously looking forward to she Wimbledon was top coming seed up as well. Wasn't she was yeah, top seed. So yeah. it's actually a female. Actually, it doesn't always happen because especially in the last few years with Serena Williams, they hadn't played enough tennis. Yes, quite often she wasn't really getting seed, a seeding or so was getting a wild card into the event. Still quite often the person to beat. Yep. So, yeah, and and obviously Swantek taking over the world number one yeah. from Barty when she walked away. So yeah. You know, it's good for her to uh, continue that form, and and the women's game is so open. Anything yeah, can happen. Is. Yes, she might be the favourite at Wimbledon, but there's probably half a dozen oh. you could throw in there, and it does make it interesting. Yeah, plenty of coin tossing on that one. Absolutely. All right, mate. We'll take a quick break. When we come back after the break, we're going to have a look at the cricket in some depth, mate. Yep. You're listening to the Game On podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, mate, we uh, jump into the cricket. Uh, we'll start off with the test final. Obviously, our last episode uh, came out just before the test final started. Uh, Australia v India, uh, some interesting by-play results uh, within that game. Yeah, look, and it, it, it was evenly poised, but then the Smith-Head partnership really just took, took the game away from India. So they were playing catch-up from then on. India not picking Ashwin was strange. Yep. That, that hurt them in the end. Um, and again, their batters just didn't quite do enough, uh, really. And you know, all the hoo ha of the last day, I'm thinking, hey, hang on. Yes. Chasing 440, you guys. Calm down a bit. Yeah, a couple of weeks early, and it was game over. Yep. So. so, Australia uh, first innings uh, all out for 469. Uh, Travis Head, obviously, leading the way there with 163. Jeez, he's continuing his great form, isn't he? Touch a bit of wood for tonight, though, more important. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, Smith on 121. Uh, Usman Khawaja out for a duck in the first innings. Um, yeah, interesting uh, that Uzi didn't sort of start very well, but obviously uh, we'll talk about this a little yeah. bit later. It's starting to come into his own. Warner with a pretty serviceable 43. Um, and Alex Carey, uh, again, the Adelaide boys uh, doing their job with a pretty handy 48. Yes, South Australia carrying Australian cricket yet again. Jeez, yeah. oh, we'd love having love to have them in the red in the Redbacks right now, wouldn't we? All right, India two all out from two ninety six in their first innings. 
Um, Jadeja, obviously, with 48. Uh, Rahani with 89. But other than that, uh, on, and um, uh, other than that, really struggling to put some partnerships together. Yeah, and Nathan Lyon just mopping up, did his job. Yeah, just Australia in the end, just a bit, I think. And Pant being injured for India was vital. Pant and Bumrah being yeah. injured for India is, is vital. Uh, that certainly took away a lot of their power in terms of their... You know, he was probably the batter who could come and take the game away, and he's got a good record against Australia for doing that. Yep. yep. So there was that side of things. And yeah, bowling contributing well. So... Australia a bit too good. Absolutely, and obviously the second innings, Australia eight for, declared eight for two seventy. Carey sixty six not out as a high scorer. Um, impressive form actually by Carey and and Head. Um, obviously in the um, Test final. Yep. Uh, obviously considering Labuschagne and Smith had spent some time, obviously playing some county cricket over there. Um, it was interesting that Alex made the point, thanking and really hammering hammering the point of how good the Adelaide ground staff have been up to get wickets uh, up and playable down at Carrum Rolton. Mm-hmm. So he actually practised on turf and all that down there a fair bit before yes. he went to England and he th- he made the point that that really helped. So Okay. And a couple of the Australian women's players that also made really thanking and right. saying pretty incredible well, to have turf wickets at this time of the year here in Adelaide. That's so. uh, that's a fantastic yeah. achievement, um, not only for the Adelaide Oval staff, but some a bit of forward thinking going, if we can get these guys to practice on something reasonably similar, and like you said, at this yeah. time of the year as well. Um, it's soft doing a bit, English conditions. So, yeah, that's, no, good thinking. That is very good thinking, and, and just that takes me back a little bit to Australia for the Lawn Bowls in, in the Commonwealth Games. They actually went up to Mount uh, Mount Lawley, I think it was, up in Queensland there, and they prepared a English-style yeah. green, and it paid dividends for them because, you know, around here, you know, you're, you're on 15, 16, 17, 18 second greens. Over there, you're on 12 second greens. Yeah. It makes a Massive huge difference. difference. So unbelievable. And then, obviously, Australia bowling India out for 234 to win the World uh, Test uh, Final. And pretty convincingly in the end. Absolutely. World under Australia, and um, it's sort of set them up for what we're going to talk about now, the Ashes, mate. Yeah, the real cricket. Um, yeah, look, I think in England, for mine... They're aggressive, and so the Australia ba- struggled a little bit. Let, let's talk about baseball. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people are obviously talking about it. You know, they're they're sort of getting a bit of a, a sense that it's a T Twenty style coming into Test cricket, and it's not what people are used to. No, well, Crawley's Crawley's hit the first ball, first ball of the Test match with a cover drive, smashed it for four. That just doesn't generally happen. That's normally a let it go. Forward defence at the at the yep. at the see most. What it, see what it's doing. Yep. So yeah, it is different, and Australia probably struggled a little bit and didn't get enough balls in the area for enough dot balls. Yes. Um, and so put a pressure back on, and Cummings probably struggled a little bit as captain. So yeah, it was interesting. Look for mine, bizarre declaration by England. Well, this is what I was going to get to. Yeah, that, I couldn't believe uh, it. England just declaring eight for three ninety three. Um, if you have a look at the majority of their batsmen, uh, looking at the scores, obviously Joe Root, 118 not out. But that's the crucial bit for me. Yep. He was not out. Yes. Declaring when Root was not out. If it had been Robinson and Broad, yeah, and Anderson, and to, Anderson come, to come, yep. I'd yep. go, yeah, okay, yeah, I can get that. 
if you get get a wicket overnight, it's a great call. But not with Root not out. Yep. I, I thought it was ridiculous. And look, jeez, oh, I, I hope it hurts them in the end. Is it a flaw in the, the Bazball type of format that they were overconfident that they could bowl Australia out reasonably close to what they uh, had scored and the time limit that Australia would take to get to it? It's, it's a reversal of roles a little bit where... England are on the attack and Australia are actually the passive yeah, uh, party in this, this game. I just think it's strange. Um, yeah. Absolutely crazy. And and then also Nathan Lyon bowling spinners at the 10 over mark of yeah. the first first day of the test. Well, you're sitting there wow. in the end. Maybe they could have played Murphy as well. It was almost an English, uh, an Indian yes. more style wicket. So, yeah, yeah it was crazy. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, as we said, Joe Root uh, high scoring in that first innings. Australia, uh, their first dig uh, all out for three eighty six. Uh, the the big news was probably Usman Khawaja one hundred and forty one. Typically, uh, typical in innings there. You know, three hundred and twenty one balls, uh, hitting fourteen fours. He ended up hitting three sixes as well, which again, Test cricket, you don't yeah. necessarily see too many sixes. Again, it's just a different thing. And look, I was more stunned with Brute last night that. The first ball of the day is try to reverse sweep. sweep. Geez, I wish that had been on the stumps. Yep. Um, look, I I get playing aggressively uh, and that, but for mine... There's a time I, and a place for it. I, I, you reverse sweep against a quick early, or the ramp, sorry, it's more a ramp than a reverse sweep. Yep. Um, yeah, I just shook my head a bit in disbelief. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, Warner failing with the bat again with nine. Broad seems to be his uh, his bunny at the moment. Yeah, he just tried to hit it too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible uh, shot. Uh, Labashane out for a duck. Uh, yeah, poor big, shot. Big surprise, but um, you're right, it was a poor shot. Uh, Steve Smith, 16, and then Travis Head with a very timely 50 runs again. Yeah, and Travis threw it away. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't he, His bottom hand came in too came in and so it went to mid-wicket instead of going down straight, yep. straight down the ground where it should have gone. Um, so, yeah, that was a a bit disappointing. Alex Carey about it really well. I was going to say uh, Cameron Green with 38 and then Alex Carey with another 66. It seems to be his number at the moment. Yeah, and look, best I'd, best I'd miss Green for, uh, stumped it for North. Then he dropped Alex as yep. well. Yeah, play a keeper, not a... Not a not a batsman who tries to keep. Yep. You know, I, I, best on way to my classic comparisons. Neither of them are, were keepers. Yep. Play I, the keeper. They've got folks. I, play him. I don't think that they will play him in the second second yeah. innings. Um, you're right. Test. A couple of uh, second tests. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. Catches win matches really oh. at the end of the day, and he missed a couple of howlers really at the end I of the hope day. He drops a couple tonight. It'd be very nice. All right, and Pat Cummings uh, with a very timely thirty-eight as well. So yes, Australia in reasonably good position um, at the moment. Um, bowling well, they did bowl England out for two seventy-three, and like you said, the the the, the key wicket there was Joe Root. And England got away a little bit late. Look, it was also. We recorded an interview last night. We so did. It was on the way home. Yes. Bairstow got given out, and then on the review it got overturned, and I still shook my head with that. And then the next ball, mm-hmm. Australia didn't review because yes. they were down to their last yes. review, and yes. that was going to smash me. It was a poor poor umpiring decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they got worried out of that because yeah. I did actually watch that one yeah. as it was happening, it was going, out. oh, they've got him, they've got him, they've got him. 
and then they didn't get him, and then the next ball was an absolute perler from Boland. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Should have had him, and uh, they sort of got scared out of the the decision because of what happened in the last last call. Still, my pet hate they get rid of the players reviewing it. You got the third umpire pushes the button. No, you made a mistake. Get on with the game. I, I still think it's garbage. Um, quite a few of the England uh, players getting off to a bit of a start there. Seven uh, for Crawley, um, Root forty six, uh, Brooke at forty six, Stokes at forty three, Best at twenty. So. First, first time Joe Root's ever been stumped, too. Yes, I was going to say, uh, I did read that statistic this morning. And Alex Carey's first time, and he's got three in the test match. So it's a bit an unusual stat as well. Uh, again, it's the whole basball and then yeah. going after. And then we uh, we go to Australia, three for 107 with both Warner, Labashane and Smith all sitting back in the sheds, mate. We were none for 60. We got away and then... You know, those three wickets for mine have, t- have well and truly tipped the game England's way. My money's on England. The weather forecast tonight's not great. No, day five with it going to be a little bit wet. And the big thing there, it means, therefore, when they are playing, that it's going to be cloudy. Good luck against Anderson and Broad in that. It, it, it's where England, it's it's almost like you need to watch the weather forecast, what you're going to do and that. So it is crazy. England have had the... The luck in that regard, this game bowling mm-hmm. yes. in better conditions. Yep. Um, Australia really only had that little spell uh, and they got Crawley and duck it out uh, within and then Root got given Australia reviewed and watching that it was a poor review. Yep. Um, just which he nicked it. Yep. So at the moment my money's on England okay. and obviously I hope I'm wrong and we're going to need – Kawaja well, to hang around. I was going to say, Kawaja's still at the crease, 34 not out. Now, Boland, he's he's been used as a night watchman. It hasn't come off yet in Test cricket. A couple of times he's tried it, he's got out pretty quick the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a shield game in Perth where he batted for a couple of hours. So, geez, it'd be great if that ha- somehow happened tonight. Even if he eked out a 30 and he's on 13 at the moment. And Kawaja gets to a 70 or 80, yeah, and, then, and then Boland gets out, and then Head comes in. I just hope Head comes in with the right mindset of being a little bit selective. I know he yeah, can be he aggressive. Can be rash. Yeah, exactly. Look, let's just wait and see. Yep. But then, you can't query Alex over it. Um, Travis over his consistency the last couple of years. So. I, I hope that he, he yeah. either gets in the right mindset and plays the way that he wants to play and really puts England on the back foot. But it's just that one rash decision that. But I he's hope also cost due him. in this sort of weather to get, get a good one early, and he's probably in good enough form at the moment that he'll nick it. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But then you've got Trav- uh, Sorry, uh, Cameron Green, Alex Carey, and Pat Cummings to come. Uh, Carey's in some pretty good form yeah. too. So it, it is. It is in the balance this game. Well, it is. I mean, Australia need 174 to win. The money is, for mine, England is slight. It's 60-40 England's way at the moment. Yep. The weather, for me, probably makes it more 70-30. Absolutely. I think I'd have to agree with you a little bit on that one there, but 174, again, it's that awkward total, isn't it? And if you do get a bit of rain on the early uh, early parts of day uh, five, it could be very, very interesting to see what happens. Put it this way, there's going to be a lack of Peter sleep again tonight. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, mate, we move on to the SNFLW. Uh, what a grand final we witnessed. Uh, I was away, but I, again, was keeping a bit of an eye on it. I was uh, there. South Adelaide looked like they were in control, and from the clouds, Central Districts come and win their first premier, w- SNFLW Premiership. Yeah, I was there. Look, South 
South were well on top and they should have been further in front and they probably did get a little bit defensively. Yep. But they certainly didn't have much luck in other regards yes. either. Yeah, there was a couple um, of umpiring decisions yeah, late late great. in that first quarter, fourth quarter that was yeah. a little bit questionable. Yeah. Um, again, can't blame the umpires. They're in the wrong spots or didn't quite see it a certain way. But the, the Central's players were putting themselves in positions to earn a free kick in some way, shape, Mine, or form. the last free kick, personally, as an umpire, was yep. too technical. Yep. Um, I wouldn't have paid it. Yep. Um, and then the 25... Now, the umpire technically is correct on this, but he, for mine, was reactive. I would have loved the umpire there to be proactive. Yep. Blowing the whistle right. You get out, you're here, and just take over like a traffic cop in that situation. Yep. And didn't, and then the 25s paid. It's it's not a great way for the game to finish. So. No. But look, let's go to the more the point. There was Absolutely. over 3,000 people that there. Was it was, was a say. fantastic atmosphere. Yes. Um, and the Central's chart got out because there was a lot of dogs. Dog support there, mm-hmm. and it was. It was a great atmosphere, and well done to North Adelaide on the day as well to Craig Burton and and the North uh, our staff and crowd. It was it was it was a fantastic atmosphere. Congratulations to Ben Hunt and the uh, the Cent- Centrals. Yep, the Centrals bit. And Shelby Smith in her speech pointed out that she did something that her illustrious father Greg never managed to do for the dog. So that was quite funny as well. It's okay. I did. I did get Greg for a book while he was on the ground. So. <laughs> you done well, mate. Yes. Uh, obviously, congratulations. Like you said, to yeah. Centrals, uh, really coming from the clouds a little bit, and that you know had never been in a final series, and they end up uh, taking away a grand grand final win. Um, congratulations to to Ben Hunt and and well done to Centrals. I mean, they've probably been starved of a bit of success since their sort of 10, 11 year run with their their men's league side um, and. and Congratulations to the SNFLW and or the SNFL. Enough, the dogs on their junior or their reserves are up around the mark this year as well. Their eighteens are going to play finals the first time since two thousand and eight, mm-hmm. and their sixteens are there as well. So it's the, the dogs at the moment as a club overall. Yeah, they're, they're on the right path. I did actually have a bit of a look at that uh, before we uh, recorded this as well, and just to see where everyone was at. And you know, obviously Nord's probably the one that I'm going to look at the most. Yeah. But you're right; I did actually see that Centrals are on the move at the moment, and well done to Centrals considering there was a lot of talk. For the last two years, that you know things aren't going well. They're sort of going backwards. Uh, they lose uh, Laird as their coach. Uh, things aren't quite clicking, and, a, and all of a sudden now they're 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 in contention. And at 18s level, there's they've got a few kids there who who won't. There'll, there'll be a couple who are a big chance to get drafted. Yep. But if they can get those kids on the right path and keep them wanting to play league footy, I think there's five or six from that side because obviously I'm. I'm involved watching and commentating 18s. Yes. The 18s comp, so I probably had a bit more of an interest in it than most. I think they've got five or six who can play good league footballers for, yep. for the dogs. Absolutely. Well, we watched that one with interest. Yeah. And well done again, like I was just saying, the, the SNFL to have three, just over 3,000, almost 3,500 yeah. at Prospect as a huge uh, tick for the SNFLW. Oh, it was massive. Like I, I got there Got there a little bit later than what I'd intended to. Trying to find a car park, and it was. I ended yeah. up parking halfway to Melbourne on the other side, <laughs> on the other side of the road of, of Main North Road, and yep. yeah, it was. And I'd been to the league game the previous week there at Prospect, and I'm going, hey, I'm parking further away Wait, here yeah. than what I was last week. It's going to be interesting to see what the crowd size is, and yeah, sure enough, it was that fantastic. And to round out our, round out our SNFLW season, uh, Piper Window wins the SNFLW Best and Fairest. It's going to be a very good 
AFLW player as well, Young Piper. So obviously the window link. Yes. With Gary Window there. Yep. Um she yeah, she's she's a class she's she's all class. So there's a few from the SNFLW this year. Could make the four, move. Yeah. End up getting picked up. Obviously, the third base player to win the uh, best and fairest uh, for the SNFLW. So there's certainly pr- a bit of a factory down at down at Glenelg there, as far as SNFLW goes. Yeah, look, I was prob- probably a little bit surprised that Jess Edwards from North Adelaide didn't poll better. Mm-hmm. Um, but Piper Piper's an outstanding talent. And full congratulations. She certainly deserved on it. Don't get me wrong. I'm Absolutely. Not I, nope. just thought, I just thought yep. Jess might have polled a bit more. Jess finished third yeah. in the count. Uh, Zoe yeah. Venning from West Adelaide finished second. Yeah. And obviously Piper finishing first. Zoe very consistent for the for the Bloods too. Just contributes every game. Absolutely. Uh, Zoe b- bursting out of the blocks uh, to poll 13 votes in her opening six games. That's pretty handy. <laughs> That's a, it's a bit like Zach Butters at the moment and what he's doing. Uh, you know, he's had a bit of a purple patch well, and just seems to be getting everything. I commentated Westies a couple of times in that round and she was certainly the standout. And just as I said, it was more her consistency. It wasn't really so much a brilliant thing here or there. Yep. Just consistently at the ball, get into the spot. And, yeah, a really good team person. Yes. Very impressive. And, obviously, uh, each team basically having a player within the top 10 uh, of the votes. So that's a a pretty good effort, too. You know, the the votes are being shared around. Um, Games have have been pretty close this year. And, as we saw, there was a couple that went Nord's way uh, late. It didn't go their way early on as well. So Probably another vital point, too, there for people maybe listening in. The Sample W wasn't free entry for the grand final. And to still get through, it was ten dollars a head. Okay, it wasn't your twenty at a league game, yep. but still at ten dollars a head to get the three thousand there, mm-hmm. I think's fantastic. So congratulations! I certainly hope that they're putting that money back into the uh, SNFLW and yeah, the facilities so. and the players, which I'm sure I'm sure they would be as yep. well. All right, mate, we're going to uh, move on to the state of origin. Um, this uh, what do we got? Uh, 21st, that'll be Wednesday, I reckon, this yep. week. Yep. Uh, Suncorp Stadium, uh, Queensland, a chance to take the series and take the win uh, in the state of origin once again. You've probably got to tip them up there too. So, And they'd want to be winning it uh, yeah. at, at their home yeah. uh, home venue, um, Suncorp Stadium there. Uh, they go Coco Bananas uh, for their state of origin in um, in Queensland and by rights they should, considering they've been playing some fantastic state of origin footy and to finally uh, get one at home and, and win it at home would be a, a great reward for them. Yeah. Yep. New South Wales imploding a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the the selection's been quite been interesting as well. And yeah, it's been debated and Absolutely. a bit of heated answers back and forth. Not banter stuff, a bit more. No, a bit more personal yeah, at times been, as well. A couple of brothers going toe to toe on live air, live, uh, live, live television or live radio. Uh, you. It's yeah. great that there's such passion with it, but you're really exposing a little bit of a weakness to your opposition that if they get on top of you, they're just going to keep pounding and pounding yeah. and pounding and they'll let you know about it. And especially in a State of Origin series, expect some fire. So yep. should be very interesting. All right, mate, we're going to move on. Uh, coming up today, we've got David Palm um, for our Past Players, Past Legends segment. Um, we did record this a, a week or two ago before I left for Queensland and he was great enough to give us our time um, all the way from WA. Yeah, it was a big night, wasn't it? It was a big night. <laughs> it did four. We only were on air, effectively on air for nearly five four, hours, yep. four and a half hours that night. Look, Palmy to David Palm, 
go back a long way. His dad and my dad, his, his dad, the late Jim, and his mum, the late Lorraine, very good family friends and that. So I grew up together. Uh, so having Andrew, uh, younger bro- his youngest brother, with some intellectual difficulties yes. there and that. So it's it's not only footy uh, in the interview, um, so covers a covers a bit there on that side of things and and we talk about obviously him playing in Norwood we talk about him playing West in Richmond Perth. West Perth so there's a little bit of flavor for everybody there we're covering three states now and also meeting his uh, lovely uh, Michelle's a ripper meeting Michelle at a West Perth footy club blind date night of that for mine was right. Absolutely, up there. Uh, listen in, and um, yes. and we might even take that excerpt right yes. there and put that in our previously on for next week because it's an absolute beauty. So keep listening, and um, yeah, David Palmer, we thank him once again, yep. and 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 we'll be back after the break. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Past players. Past legends. Past legends. We welcome David Palm aboard. Now, Palmy's a little bit different because we're a family friend, so we go back right well before Palmy played league footy. But David played 65 games for Nord, 76 to 79, 79 goals, 91 games for West Perth. 80 to 82, and then going back to Perth after his career at Richmond, 1990 and 91, 91 games, 50, and and for Richmond, where he played under 8 million coaches, and we'll certainly cover all of that. 83 to 88, 104 games, 38 goals, so 260 senior games, and also a season at Springvale as well. So nearly the 300 games, Palmy. Welcome aboard, mate. Thank you, Malcolm. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, well, we must start uh, where it all started was in your juniors, mate. Where, where, where did you play for your junior junior footy? Uh, well, I was um, uh, probably started off at, at uh, when Nord High was school, and then I uh, played junior footy at Kensie Gardens. Twenty, you had twenty six goals in one game, I reckon, for Kensie Gardens, wow. wasn't it, Palmy? Oh, around there. Um. It was it was around that, but it's extended out to about thirty five now over the years. Yeah, yeah, close enough. Yeah, so you can see like you may have fish, dominated a bit. Is that like the fish that got away? It was you know started out at uh, twenty centimeters and now has ended up at sixty. So, <laughs> so no, McGill no, Primary no. first, Palmy, and so and that side of things, obviously. Um, trying to think, is there any primary school representative sides, or in mainly at Nord High? Oh, uh, it's mainly at Nord High. So McGill uh, Primary was the old uh, Johnny Hancock was the coach there. But um, no, it was probably more the high school where you got into a little bit age groups and um, and then progressed to to, to Kensie Gardens and then on from there. And at Nord High, so Nord High, so David was year twelve when I was in first year, and Nord High won the state championship. And in that we beat Henley and Nord, Nord in that Nord High side was Robert Dolan who rucked who didn't get a league game at Nord and then rucked against Nord and played three port flags, but yep, Dolan six, yeah. Dolan Craig Palm Derrington uh, Michael Holiday David Simon so it was a fair side wow. and Ray Laddams got best on ground medal that's father of Chris Laddams and yep. a gazer yes. gazer Connection. legend around yep. the traps so. It was a bloody strong side. 
uh, Turbs, when Greg Turbel turned up at school, had, t- had a game that might have been Turbs' <laughs> strength in life and that side of things. But, yeah, it was uh, fair Nord high side, Palmy. Uh, it was. I think uh, Robert Hall, whose yes. brother uh, yes. John, John played John's. there yep. as well. So um, uh, be reminiscent me the, uh, there was a guy called Tim Morgan who also played there. He was yes. a good mate of Darrow's and myself. So um, yeah, it was a it was a very good side. David Simons, I think. I, yes, Simon well. played. Yep, halfback yeah. flank. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, no, we we're pretty we we're pretty we we're a pretty strong side. So and, and Gillis Plains. I remember, I think they were our nemesis, I think, because um, the Zubnik, uh, Zubnik brothers played for Gillers Plains. Yeah, yep. Back in those days. So, yeah, that was always an interesting game. And then going on to your, uh, obviously, after school there, representing at Norwood at the under-17, under-19 level, is that right? Yeah, I played, um, I don't know, I played State 16, I think. Yep, yep. Um and um, yeah, progressed from there, and then got lucky. Got two great coaches in in under seventeens in um, Johnny Potter and Strick and Stritsky. Um, uh, Alex, I think Alex, it was. Yep, Alex, yep. Alex, yep. yep. They were they were, they were two uh, my under seventeen coaches, and they were great. And then I got lucky again. I had. Um, Mal Smith and uh, Johnny Hall was the manager back in those days, and uh, I, was, I was very lucky. In my early years, I had great coaches and great oh, managers. There was also was one it, other thing. Was too. that Justin's dad? Yes. Yep. 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 Uh, uh, Bart's dad. Yep. Uh, Palmy at Nord High too broke the high jump record, and it was quite amusing because it basically became the only event still going on Sports Day. So he had the whole whole school barracking for him. Um, on the on the high, I think the high, and I think that record stood for about fifteen years, Palming. So that was that was something as well. Yeah, and I did that, and um, like the uh, Kensey Garden goals, it stretched from six foot one <laughs> to about six foot nine, I think, at the moment. Yeah, so I thought, I, I thought it might I, have been. I would have won a few gold medals over the years. <laughs> Thought it might be further than that by now, Palmy. That's right. We've got time to stretch it out, and we can use this interview to stretch it a little bit further. We yeah, may have yeah. may have allured to Palmy's parents earlier there, and uh, Jim, he did. There were no such things as roads in Jim's uh, uh, vernacular. It was always now you went past the feathers, turned at that corner, turned down. There was a yeah about there the lights. You go there. You'll go past the Marrickville, keep going, oh. the ro- uh, the Ma- Robin Hood's oh. on your right. That was Jim's whole oh, language. Wouldn't you it? love a Google Maps that did that? <laughs> oh, he was yeah. pretty good, pretty good yeah. palmy, that, uh, Mr. Palm, in that yeah. regard. So. Yeah, yeah. Dad was uh, pretty good there. He gets to the pub pretty quickly, so um, <laughs> he uh, never lacked a partner or two either. And look, on a serious note, we'll bring this up. We'll we'll go now. back and forth on various bits. But, yeah, um, David... Andrew, David's youngest brother, with intellectual disabilities inside of things. And so the Palm, Palm and Ashwood family had a lot of things together. So Dave, uh, David's dad, Jim, and my dad, Ray, were real yep. good mates. And Lorraine and his mum and Margaret were good uh, and that. So the Palm, we spent a lot of time together. And that. And I've always said I really, obviously not appreciate just the friendship, but the time spent with Andrew back there, back then was I've always just grown up with it, and it was yep. just just normal part of things, and and that and Andrew too. My mum was a bit of Andrew's 
hero that was always playing eight ball with my mum and Andrew never lost a game of eight ball. Good luck in that regard, wasn't it, Palmer? You never beat him. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, he never, he, he could never win. Um, and, yeah, so there was things in two. So um, Dad and Jim had to fix the television, which so it couldn't be moved uh, right. and things like that. Yep. So it was a part of life with Andrew, which I greatly appreciated more. And it was – Rick Neagle actually picked it um, with his with his son and one night at Nord at a meeting. And, yep, so I just always just read And, and Neagle's actually even said, yeah, you've grown up around it, haven't you? Yep. So I've always, that's one thing with Andrew and, yeah, there's some big memories. I, he had a, a seizure in the water at Victor Harbour and somehow my sister and I got him out of got him out of the water. I'm still buggered to this day how I did, how happened, how I did yep. that. But, yeah, it's Andrew was always a big part of life with the, the Palm and Ashwood families as well, Palmy. Oh, yeah, look, it's, um, it's, you know, Andrew's not the first. He won't be the last, but it was yep. just an interesting... When you know um, you see your brother being born and everything seems normal, and then all of a sudden it's not, and then you know, watch your mum and dad uh, go through by running the house, and then dad running his business, and then looking after my other brother and my other sister, and uh, all through our schooling and our sporting achievements and everything else. Like my, my brother was pretty successful at footy as well oh, yeah. with, with Nord and, and in the country, as well, in the regional uh, South Australia as well. So put, looking back on all that, you think, holy hell, how the how did they do it? Um, and with not a lot of financial, outside financial help or, or, or assistance and... Um, you know, like Malcolm's saying, we relied heavily on family friends uh, and friends of um, of them and then um, all the acquaintances we met and then totally understand that, you know, some people didn't get it and some yeah. people did get it and, you know, and, and, and totally understand where, you know, one of those things if you see, you know, someone with a, fairly significant birthmark on their face and they don't walk right and they don't talk right. Well, and then they fall over and they have a seizure and uh, people step away. I, I totally get that. But yeah. um, being on the inside of that, you had to deal with that on a daily basis like my mum and dad did every yeah. day. And a, and a credit to them, really, back in the day that there was no NDIS, there was no support services, and it sounds like they did a fantastic job. No, no they're both no, pretty no, bloody they, patient. Uh, they, um, they, um, it, it was difficult, as I said. There was no outside yeah. help or, or anything else. So, um, and um, no, they uh, probably didn't get the credit they were due, both of them, in the end. But um, yeah. yeah, well, that was just it was it was their stunner with my brother, and we yeah. did the best we could. Yep, with Jenny and, and Michael, and of course Jenny being a nurse, growing up doing nursing and that side of things as well. Um, yep. And Michael, uh, Wally Miller, when I did interview Wally, his exact words were, Michael Palmer's the biggest one who got away. He, he's always, he's <laughs> yep. always out of that. And if things had worked out differently, David may have just ended up playing at Nord and, and, and that side of things if Michael oh, yeah, hung around. Yeah, look, yeah, if things, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, look, I, um, yeah, that was probably one goal in the back of my head and probably in the back of Dad's head. But, yeah. you know, and even with me, like if I didn't, Oh, I, I, should, I shouldn't say, it, but you know, look, if I played in '78, you should have. Um, I probably would have stayed. 
I probably wouldn't have left. Yeah, but and to your then, credit, you still hung around and played in 79. You no, didn't leave straight in, away. In, yeah, no, I played in 79. I played in so. 79. So, so I – and then, uh, yeah, who knows? Like, yeah. by moving moving over here, uh, you look back, I probably would have never got to Richmond. So, you know, it works in funny ways, doesn't yeah. it? So going back to your uh, debut uh, for Norwood uh, against West Adelaide on, believe it or not, we're, we're June 6th today, June 5th, uh, 1976. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, I remember playing on uh, Robbie Donaldson. Donaldson, on yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember the first game vividly, yep. And uh, I, I actually bought a, a picket all that, all those years ago when the when the club were doing their. Um, yes, um, I did ring you on that one, Palmy. Yep. Sponsorship there, and I'm and I'm glad, and I've I've seen it a couple of years ago. The, the picket's actually positioned right where my dad used yeah, to stand. It is on very. The it is very close to where Jim and Lorraine, yeah. uh, Lorraine and Jenny and uh, yep. Michael used to sit. Very much so. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think that that wasn't conjured up. That was no, just pure just luck. So, but yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, it was, um, stars aligned. Great day. Yeah, and great and day. what what do you remember from your first game? Some highlights. Um, you know, who were some of the players that you you got to play with in in that uh, debut game? Oh, highlight was I survived. I suppose in those <laughs> in those days when you got dragged, you got dragged. Yeah. Um, so you know, at least I played the game out. But you know, look back in those days, and um, I rang you know, Jim McLaney and Correction later on his son, who's playing great footy yeah. for for Adelaide. But you know, like uh, Neil Neil Button and Craigie and Gags and um, Stazza, of course, Wood uh, Roger, of course. Um, Black Duck was there, so um, not a bad side either. Very good side. So in 76, and one of your highlights of of 76 was you played in the the absolute cliffhanger game against Carlton when we only won by 106 points. What a (laughs) night that was. Only? Yeah. Yeah. Great night, wasn't it? Yeah, no, they were good. They were good days. They were great games, you know, under lights there and and Tuesday night, and sometimes you're freezing your nuts off. So, you know, it was... um, uh, yeah, good atmosphere. So we won a couple of good games there. So you played 22 games in 77. And, 20, and as I said, you hung around in 79. You you played 29 games. But the 1978 grand final, Palmy, and the way you bizarrely got told that you'd missed selection, after playing well in the finals, especially against Glenelg, um, yeah, weird. To say the least. The mind still boggles. Yeah, it does actually. Pete can see oh, the look on my I face. I can see the look on your face, exactly yeah. right. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, look, ah, oh, you know, that's uh as I say, if you know, it happened great if it, it didn't, as I'm not the only bloke to No, have, no, and at least you did down, play in a so, premiership at least you did play in a premiership side on the day too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, the the reserves. It was a double header. It was a great day, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, look, it's one of those things. Someone made a decision on on what I'd done, but I played all the finals that year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, the way I was told and whatever, you know, that's, you know, so, unfortunately someone has to do it and they did it and whether they did it right or wrong, well, yeah. that's history. So, yeah. And yeah, then, no, I, I don't bear any grudges with nah, anyone. Nah, at least you played in the – and so it was too, it was quite funny. So it was – was it your 21st? Well, certainly your birthday. Was it your, was it your twenty first? Not that long afterwards, and so Norwood is celebrating both wins. And uh, poor Jim Darrington's there, and he's done a hammy, so he hasn't played in the grand final. And Sturt have lost. It wasn't a great night for Darrow, that's for sure. No, 
No, no, and it was you know like we play, as I say we we played at Nord High together, and yes. he lived on one side of the parade and uh, was bound to Sturt, and I lived on the other and was bound to Nord. So um, yeah, like you know to do to miss out like he did, well you know there's another yeah. uh, sad story as well. So you transferred to WA in in eighty from uh, from the in the bank. So that was the bank uh, back then, wasn't it, Palmy? Yeah, it transferred in that. Well, I um, yeah, it was sort of I was coming in hurrying. I, I just I just wanted to move. I just owned the the same people were there, and and I just sort of needed. I think needed a change. And at that stage, I in my own mind, I thought I wasn't ready for the VFL BFA type of competition. So um, it just sort of fell in the spot when Addo said he was he was heading back after his stint at Norwood. And um, I'd already had discussions with Claremont prior to that best and fairest night at Nord, and I said, "Oh, I'll see you back. I'll see you in Perth." And he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm just about to sign with Claremont." So before he uh, before he tried to put me in a headlock, um, he said, "Wait on, <laughs> he said, wait a minute," and he made a phone call to uh, Len Roper, who was the president, and Ron Buick, who was. Um, um, Dad was um, father of uh, Darren Buick, Corey Buick, who yeah. I played with, um, yeah. and uh, they flew over to Adelaide, and we had a chat. And I, yeah, I just liked the the run of it. Uh, what what I heard, it seemed a little bit Nordish. Uh, they were red and blue, and Addo was going back there, and it sort of all just fitted in this into into the right space. So um, that's what I decided to do. Well, was it like moving states? Obviously, uh, you grew up in Adelaide and got the opportunity to go to Perth. Uh, culturally, was it a little bit of a, a step forward, step backwards, uh, sidestep? Uh, you know, what was it like living over in Perth? Oh, it was um, it, uh, totally different. Like, I, I basically knew Addo, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I, I, my dad knew a couple of people in, in business and whatever, but um, I wasn't going to a spot where you had immediate friends. It was that your friends and family became the footy club. So, um, but uh, weather-wise, I remember my first um, uh, pre-season trial game, it was 41 degrees. And um, a great player at West Perth called Alan Watling, he was all covered in sunscreen. I once said, what the hell is going on? What I, <laughs> And I soon found out in the first five minutes why he was wearing sunscreen. So, um, yeah, it's fairly warm, and the the grounds are a little bit bigger than Nord Oval. Yep, <laughs> um, a little bit harder, I'm assuming as well. Oh, uh, just sand, but just huge. Like yep. it just you know, doing a 400 around Leederville Oval compared to Nord Oval, like it seemed an eternity. Um, so yeah, just the just the size of the grounds are among us. Yeah, and you were coached at West Perth by Graham by Graham Campbell. Yes, I was. Yep, in my first year. What do you think of Graham? Um, he was pretty full on, wasn't he? Lovely bloke, <laughs> lovely bloke, lo- 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 lovely family. And um, but yeah, no, he was full on. He um, he ate, drank. Well, he didn't drink, but he he slept footy. Um, even when we go out for dinner on a Saturday night, you know, after the game, he just keep talking about the, yeah. the day's game. You know, whether we won or lost. So um, and then we'd front up again Sunday morning to do our our, our run around the lake. So. 
Um, no, all all good intentions, um, good ideas. You know, he he got people on side, and and I definitely played for him for sure. And the highlight of your time in Western Australia, though, go through a uh, West Perth blind date night, David. Oh, perfect West match. Perth the West Perth blind date night. Uh, how you uh, uh, come on? Oh, uh, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I um, well, I've, I've I've been very lucky, and and then yes. you know, as I said, I I knew really no one coming over, and uh, there was a any. It turned out to be a good good friend and a good mate was was Ron Wilson, um, and Ronnie uh, he put me up in his uh, in his house. You know, oh. didn't know me from a, didn't know me from a bar or so, uh, but had a had a spare room and whatever. So he he looked after me in my initial year, and then um, he was going out with a lovely girl called Karen, and then um, one of her relations. Um, um, named Michelle, who ended up being my wife, yeah. um, I got invited around for dinner one night. So, yeah, just started out there just as a come around, meet and greet, and then ended up, well, um, you better stay with me. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are 38 years ago. <laughs> That's a fantastic story. Uh, yes, yes. No, well, don't worry. We'll, we'll cover that. Some other far, par, par female shenanigans will come out later. So, yes, <laughs> yes. So, from there, Palmy. So, uh, WA, unfortunately, not a great deal of final success at West Perth either, and then ending up being drafted by Richmond. Yeah, no, we were um, we were uh, uh, stiff with un- under Graham, like you know. But you got to go back in those days, like Claremont, and this is where I look back and think, well, if I did go to Claremont, I don't think I, I would have really got a regular game like I did at West Perth. So. Um, like there was Graham Moss, who was coach, there were the Crackers, there was Warren Ralph, there was John Anir, there was Ken Hunter, there was Wayne Blackwell, um, Shorty yeah. Daniels, um, oh, Malaxos, Jesus. And I'm thinking, yeah, well, that was a fair side. And then, you know, you had you know, Swan Districts, who were probably the other top side of the year. They'd Stan the Watney and Neesham and Bouch, who was the big Rutman, um, Fogarty. Uh, so, um Solon that ended up going to Cullen. So there was a, some good players and good sides. So, yeah. you know, um, you had to be, and we were unfortunately not, not up to it, but, you know, in 80, 82, oh, yeah. when, uh, Dennis Cometti had us, we we lost, uh, we won the first semi uh, against East Perth, and then we eventually got done in the prelim final to the eventual uh, to winners. So, yeah, that was about the only, only glory we had. Uh, when I came back. Oh, you made the WA State side in 82, though. That's uh, pretty big. And uh, actually, uh, I reckon you might have had a kick and a catch against uh, MH on that on that day, too. Uh, I think oh, I did, sorry, yeah. Uh, no, that's... Yeah, might have been. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was 80, 82, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was... The, once again, no, I had a I had a pretty good year under, under Dennis. And then... Um, Got picked in the state squad and then eventually eventually made the team. So that sort of that started the the process of people looking at you a little bit uh, longer and harder from from the east. And remembering in those days, there was only twelve sides. Yeah. Um, and then 
in the draft situation, there was only 24 picks. Yep. Um, so you had to be, you know, on, on the money and the, and the recruiters had to know what they're doing because their one mistake and, um, you know, it wasn't many left. Well, in 82, in the VFL in-state draft, uh, you were selected at number 11, but in your draft crop, you've got Alan Sidebottom, Gary Shaw, Braden Harper, Peter Motley, Keith Thomas, Brenton yep. Phillips, Gary yep. McIntosh actually had been uh, drafted, but uh, we know that he didn't uh, take that. Grantly Filkey and Greg Anderson. I mean, gee whiz, yep. it's a fair old class. Well, yeah, it wasn't. It was bad. Yeah. So, and, that, and that's what I mean. Like in those days, um, and I think Craigie got picked up by Footscray and didn't go yeah. in the end yep. either. Yeah. So you know, that, and clubs had to make that choice. And then if someone they selected and didn't go, well, it was it was basically a waste. Um, so they didn't get any credits or, or get another pick for it. So, um, but yeah, yeah, no. So um, it was it was uh, a good crop that year. And, and then obviously, you know, you've moved from Adelaide to, to WA, and there you've got to trek all the way across to to Melbourne. Um, what were your first thoughts when you arrived at Richmond? Um, well, I'd gone from fairly warm conditions. Yes. Uh, and uh, prepared for um, four seasons in one day, as they say. So um, my dear old uncle who used to live in um, Bendigo was a Richmond supporter, and um, so that, that sort of kept that side of the family happy. Um, but my first, um, you know, crossing into Melbourne, because in those days it, the, the clubs didn't play their cards, so they didn't. Everyone was sort of hush hush. So yeah. there was no there was no flying you over and having a look at the club and all this all this stuff like they do now. It was all I, I done over the phone and are you interested? And you know this is what we're going to do. And and you had to say yes or no. Um, so I got picked up um, by Barry Rollings, who was working for the for the club. He was a premiership player and captain at yep. yep. um, Hawthorne and Richmond. So that was my first introduction. He dropped us off at our hotel, Michelle and myself, and then um, next day was the the tan run, the famous tan run. Yeah. So got off the plane, and the next afternoon at five o'clock, I was uh, running the tan. At least you're right. an athlete, though, Palmer. You would you would have you would have been okay still in that regard. No, I hated it. I, I did yeah, my head. You still would have been all right, though. You still would have done oh, a reasonable time. Uh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Okay, it was okay, but I yeah, know yeah. it's it's a mental thing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. And I remember one year. Uh, this is my first year, which was Bur- uh, Francis Burke in '83, and it seemed to be everyone was doing it. You know, everyone was running the tan just yeah. to get the times and and whatever. But I uh, became very good mates with Greg Strawn because he was my, he was full back and I was in the back pocket and. And poor old Strawny, um, no disrespect, like he was probably the other side of 90 kilos and he's trying to run the tan like all us all us little whippets were trying to do in in a in a realistic time. But the poor bugger struggled. He did it eight times that year uh, because you weren't allowed to train unless you... Did the time, uh, yeah. Until yeah. you achieved your time. You weren't allowed in the main training group. You, didn't have to, you had to do extra. Wow. And I remember we were playing Hawthorne at Mowie, which is fair distance east out of Melbourne for a pre-season. And Strawny had to run the tan on the on the Saturday morning so that he could play against Hawthorne. <laughs> That's 
It's a so fair warm-up. So he did his time because he, I was in the car with him went on the way down there. So he did his time. He's absolutely stuffed from doing the tan. And then he's got a front up in those days, which I think might have been Dunstall and Brereton and everyone else in a in a pre-season game. Fair preparation. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so, yeah. Yeah, no, that were, that were the fun days for sure. So out of this, Pete, in, so in Palmy's time at Richmond, 83 to 88, he's only – they were very stable, the coaching ranks at Richmond. He only played under Francis Burke, Mike, Mike Swamp Fox Patterson, Paul Sprower, Tony Jewell and Kevin Bartlett. So oh. he, he was certainly you know, nice a nice and set who's routine. Who? Yeah. It's a who's yeah. who. So – Sounds sounds a bit like uh, what, what Carlton going through now. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, look, it was that was the the interesting thing because they lost the eighty two flag yeah. against Carlton that year, and uh, and they were probably red hot to win it in eighty two. Yeah, I, I was there at that game and because that was that was my first game in in um, in eighty three was the unfurling of the flag at Princess Park. It was known. Yeah. So. You've got all these Carlton wankers in the in the stand and whatever, and and you know um, unfurling the flag and singing the song, and then you know they they did us in the end, um, and yeah, it was hard because um, Mickey Malthouse had left, Pokey uh, um, had left, um, uh, Jeff Rains had left, and Brian Wood. Yeah. So. When you when you look back at '82 and you look at the grand final side and and then you're thinking, okay, well, shit, I'm lucky. In six months' time, I'm going to be playing with all these, all these blokes. And then when you arrive, um, three of them are not there. Yeah. So uh, and then once you're in the joint, you find out a little bit inside information of what happened and da 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 da. And then we we fall into the trap of. Um, you know, you're not successful. Well, you're sacked. That is, that has been, if you're a coach, you're, you're out. And that was very testing times for the players because, you know, Octa Wilson and, and dear old Graham Richmond in those yeah. days, yeah. um, if you weren't successful, they found that pretty easy to get rid of you. So, um, so yeah. So all those coaches over all those years, you had to sort of, recharge again and go again with, with uh, different personalities and, and everything else. This is a good time to tell him that I'm a Carlton supporter. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Palmy it's all good. No, Palmy will good. get stuck in you. Absolutely. I, I admit too, Palmy, though, like you play most of your footy at Nord on, on a wing or half-forward flank. And I'll be watching a Richmond game and thinking, and you, you were playing mainly half-back, back pocket. And I think, geez, for goodness sake, Richmond, you're struggling. You get Palmy forward. It didn't happen enough as far as I... As, you know, as yeah, as I liked, um, and you did kick five in a game against Eston in '85 when they finally put you forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I did kick five that day. I think we we only kicked about ten, but the problem was Essendon kicked about twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You it sort of always asked the question that you know, I, Nord was a wing on half forward. Uh, West Perth, I was sort of centre ruck rover. Yep. half forward type of thing. So um, at Berkey, Berkey started me off in the back pocket. I think, you know, at that time was just to get in and and find your rhythm and, and see how it all works without any pressure about being thrown in the middle. But we did have a fairly significant midfield in those days with Dale Waitman and um, 
Oh, who was the Bazaar Rollings, of course, was, yep. was in there. So, um, yeah, so that was probably great in the first year. But because I ended up playing 20, I played all games in my first year. In your first three years, you played all 20, 22, uh, every yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. So I must have sucked up to the first three coaches pretty good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was sort of progression, you know, you know where do they put you and, and that type of thing. So it was... Uh, also relying on who they're recruiting because they went heavily recruiting at Collingwood there for a while and Hawthorne also. So, yeah. you know, it was, um, yeah, I was just, I was just happy to get a, to, to keep getting a regular game, whether it was my spot or not. Well, um, there were plenty of uh, good players that played in the back line. Can I throw a bar back? The win loss record against Carlton was two wins for Palmier and seven wins for the for Carlton. Ah, fucking Carlton. <laughs> yeah, I'm only joking, oh, mate. It's all good. Um, so no, they weren't. They weren't glory days. I, well, you know, they were definitely not glory days when I was. Uh, yeah, I was there. So um, yeah. So I also note that you only played one game at Junction Oval, and then the rest, obviously, at the MCG. Yeah, yeah. I think um, most of them were at the at the G, but you know we. Uh, we travelled, <laughs> so you know um, Arden Street and you know Windy Hill and Morabin yep. with you know cold showers and and uh, and and mud from the sprinklers being on on Friday night before. Um, so yeah, yeah, we sort of um, got around. Not like the uh, under roofs now that they're yep. they're accustomed to. Now, obviously, back in that era, um, you know Sydney. Uh, obviously at the SCG, West Coast at Subiaco and um, uh, Carrara, Brisbane Bears, back in the day. Travelling, playing and travelling was a whole new thing, wasn't it? Well, people forget or, or they don't want to remind it, but we actually had a day job in those days. So, yeah. you know, we we would work all the day and then we would religiously you know, train at 5pm on a, on a Monday, Tuesday or Thursday. And then, so to get off work, well, that sort of ate into your your holiday leave or no pay with with your employment. And then, um, yeah, because you always used to go up the day before, um, um, especially up to Queensland um, and to Perth, we did. Um, so, yeah, that was... Um, yeah, one of those things, and then you, know, you play in Perth like we did, I think, um, on the first day and on the plane, and next day you're, you're waking up going to work. Yeah, Pete, one of the favourite time with Palmy. Palmy, uh, the Palms had a holiday shack at Victor Harbour, so it was a traditional spot, and so yep. David would go you know, his time back. But yep. Uh, so you'd obviously be doing training stuff over that break. So I'd actually join him in doing some of the, the sand running and, just someone to run with him yep. a, a bit. Um, you know, I, I could run long-distance stuff. I was, I was hopeless trying to sprint, but I could do the long-distance stuff, so just did a bit with Palmy. And so David said one day, righto, I'm, I'm meeting up with Dale Waitman and Mark Lee. You want to come along? So, yeah, so go along, obviously. And the, we walk into the Crown, and let's just say all the females there were very interested in Emily and Dee Palm. Dee Waitman's gone to me. Well, I think you're drinking with me, pal. So ended up <laughs> ended up with Dale Waitman for a while. So and Dale does remember that, uh, Palmy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fleas, you reckon, reckon I can tell the story? I reckon Fleas better. Oh yeah, um, yeah, Fleas sensational. I agree with that. I've been to a couple of Richmond yeah. things with him comparing, and he's very entertaining. 
Uh, it was good. You know, I'm still good mates with Mark and uh, catch up with Dale when I can and Greg Strawn and Emmett Dunn and um, Peter Williams and Bruce Tempney, probably and uh, probably my closest. So, yeah, we, over all these years with uh, family and uh, all our kids have fully kept in contact, which is no matter where we are, which is good. And then, so, then of course, the other bit with Dale Whiteman and Palmy, this, this isn't as structured as the written article on you, so we can let a bit more out on this side of things. Absolutely. And, uh, Let's go through how um, the Aboriginal side, the, being nominated for the Richmond Aboriginal side, Palmy. Well, it, it's it, it once again. I'm, I'm I it is a bit of fun. It, it it revolves around a good blow that's no no longer with us, which is Morris Rioli. Yep. And um, senior. Um, yep. It, it all it all started because. Um, David's suntans yes. goes very dark. Yes. So keep going, that, Palmy. They thought, and you know, probably the, the, the sledging that I got over the years on the ground that you would have thought I was uh, uh, Marlon Pickett, but I'm not. And I and I sort of have a lot of good mates. And um, yeah, so it just started there. That flea said tomorrow, yeah, Palmy is Aboriginal. <laughs> And you know you got to pick him because they were short, and and so Murray wasn't too sure, but he he did. And that time there was Phil Egan there also, yep. and um, so they 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 named me. But the, the part that Flea doesn't tell you is that he had a financial interest in this All Star game because <laughs> he was he was organising the game to get up and all the merchandise. So he'd sold tickets and everything else. So the game had to get up. And so he didn't care whether you were, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not being racial or whatever. Whether you're white, you and you put a little bit of black on, or you, or you were that for the day. Um, he was happy. So, um, yeah, that's sort of the, the guts of the story. But no, I didn't end up playing. I was named, but I never, never played. Yeah, with no intention of playing. I think an L Palm, a mother mother of, may have, uh, and, a, and a wife, M Palm, may have uh, asked may have a few gone, questions. Oh, David, yes, yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it was, yeah, interesting times because my wife's uh, family was from Kalgoorlie, yeah. um, so which is fairly uh, a dominant uh, population there as well. So sort of. Um, they weren't frowned upon, but they thought, "Oh, I didn't know David was." Well, da, da, da. so um, yeah, so he had a little bit of explaining to do, little fleet. After that, that's a fantastic story, mate. Thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah. that one with us. For I sure, I wasn't going to let you off with that one, Palmy. No. Um, playing the VFA for Springvale, Palmy. Yep, yep. I um, I. Seventy uh, eight. When was it? Eighty. Eighty nine. Eighty eight. I just, which was Bartlett's year. I just yeah. had enough. I just, you know, um, the six year. Even though I played a hundred games, and you know, they weren't. With the club wasn't successful, and uh, what was I? I don't know what how old I was, but um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just sort of had enough, and and. Emma Dunn, who was reserves coach, and, and KB was coach, tried to say, "Look, go around again, go around again." But I, I, no, I just, um, I just had enough. Anyway, I, um, I was going to head back to Adelaide, actually. And That's what I, I thought. 
and then I uh, I actually met with Barmy yep. uh, and Wally and Wally in uh, at the end of '88, and then I said, look, I'm just sending you out um, if if you are interested because it's dependent on getting an, a a job that I'd applied for, um, and I won't know till a couple of months. And so they were they were pretty keen, and and that was the the guts of the conversation. That's where it started and ended. I, it was basically to me to decide uh, if I got the job and that I was coming back, and then we go to the next step. So, um, which didn't eventuate. So, um, I couldn't go back to Richmond after after you know retiring and that type of thing. And um, I ended up going to Springvale, who was coached by Phil Malan. Yep. Who used to be at uh, Woodville, yep. And um, so yeah, I played. I played there that in in eighty nine, that year. And which, uh, which which is a pretty which is a pretty tough comp. It was a pretty tough comp in those days. You talk about Wally Miller and and uh, uh, Craig Bar- Neil Barm, sorry, uh, the usual suspects once again, Malcolm. We keep <laughs> keep running across these guys who are just masters at their craft at getting players to the club. Oh uh, look. Um, I've said this before, but Wally is, Wally is the best probably administrator um, going around in my time, and I'd yeah. been at three, three or four clubs. Okay. So um, even though you know in my first year he paid me seventy dollars for a win, but I you know that's probably what I was worth. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I think I mean, nothing for a loss and nothing for the reserves. Well, thanks, Wall. But. Um, <laughs> Um, no, he was. He definitely had his heart in the right place and um, loved the club. Um, and yeah, he's um, the the best in that position by a long mile. And then you and you and Michelle decided to go back to WA in nineteen ninety, and you had a great year back at West Perth. Yeah, yeah, I um, I actually uh, applied for a for a job. Um, Springvale was never going to be um, the, the start of something else. It was just that because I was still working and had a day job, I had an opportunity to to branch out in uh, in interstate with with that job. So, which is what I did, and yep. um, Perth was the option. So that kept Michelle happy, and we'd had uh, two boys at that stage, yep. um, James and Sam. So. Um, yeah, that sort of all fitted in, and there was no—I didn't know in those days—but I basically deregistered, so I could have gone to any, any club. But that was never my intention. I just went straight back to West Perth. Yeah. Um, one of the old uh, players I used to play with were George McCowchick. He was coach, um, so that was a that was a pretty easy decision. I think I did that on the phone one day with him and just said, "Yep, yeah, just let me know," and and away we went, and it was all done. So. And I, I, I will tell you one story. I, I, I had, um, I had a coffee uh, a while ago with Dennis Cometti and a, and a gentleman called uh, Graham Playdell, who was the um, footy manager at, at West Perth. And when um, they'd done the deal to clear me to to Richmond, <laughs> Wally actually rang. Uh, Graham played Dell wanting some money. wanted some of the uh, clearance money. I found out, 
That's not um, surprising from Wally. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and Graham had, had uh, great delight in telling him that um, David wasn't on a permit. You actually cleared him to West Perth, so he owed you nothing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting story all, the, all these years later. Unusual for Wally to make a mistake just quietly. Yeah, he's a shrewd operator, Wally. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it didn't happen very often. <laughs> uh, anyway. And then, so, uh, you're disappointed, though, West Perth didn't reappoint uh, McCowcheck for a 92, mate. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I uh, I came back in, uh, and, and, and 90, and um, uh, another reason, I, I which was... Uh, um, Enticement was uh, another good mate I used to play with. It was Peter Menaglio was um, the captain, and Menags would have made VFL in those days very easily. But you know, it's like anything that didn't get the opportunity. But a, he's a legend of the West Perth. Um, he's in there, hitting in their team of the century and and uh, life member. And yeah, I think it was. Second week in, you know, back in January, trainees come to training and and said that he's retiring. Yep. So that was a bit of a that was a bit of a blow. And then you know, George wanted me to be captain, and I've gone nah. I not 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 being in a joint for three minutes. I said nah. Just, let's just take a couple of steps back here. So he appointed the um the uh, the vice captain uh, to captain, and then he and then I accepted the VC job uh, for that year. Um, I I won the BNF that year, yep. and then I had no problems in in becoming the captain in '91. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, but that didn't change our fortunes. We were still struggling, and the club sort of, you know, with and it was and it was personnel, and it was a, and it was a lot of things, but. Um, then they didn't renew George's uh, contract uh, during '91 for '92, so um, I said, "I oh, will, well, I'll, I'll uh, finish up as well," which is what I did. And you've done a bit of coaching since then, uh, coach Wongan Hills and West Perth Hellenics, and then involved yep. with uh, Corey Buick in coaching the West Perth Under 16 Development Squad. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just uh, went bush one year and. Um, uh, once again, helping out a, a, another mate. Um, he needed a hand, and um, uh, uh, Cameron Lewis, who used to play at Claremont, he was also coaching up there as well, win the same side. So I did that for a year, and then uh, yeah, and then helped out someone in in D grade Aminus side once again, who were who were struggling a bit and just needed um, yeah, just a couple of good players to to get them. Uh, up from where they were, we uh, well got a, we got a, we got ourselves in the grand final, but we lost the grand final. So, but that was you know where they where they hadn't been. So, once again, I I left them in a fairly good space to continue on, which is what they did. So, um, yeah, and then um, we go back to sort of the, you know, the under-14s, under-15, under-16s, little development squads back in those days, which every, which every club had. And um, so I started with um, with Corey Buick, um, whose son Rowan played at Brisbane, and yep. his brother Darren played at Essendon, of course. Um, and um, we, we started that at West Perth, and we did that, I think, both of us for eight years. So there was... About five old old players that we played together. They 
that was our sort of um, poking panel. We had our Johnny Gavinich, our Ruckman, Peter Managlio was there, and Jeff Hendricks, whose son Liam's out playing baseball in the states and doing doing well. Uh, he was looking after the back line, so we had a we had a good old crew, and we we're all mates. And uh, yeah, so we were just trying to find um, the next best players to come through. And Pete, we found one because um, we actually coached Stephen Brown, who you eventually picked up. Isn't it amazing that those uh, friendships? Uh... Uh, with all our guests, uh, you know, have lasted a lifetime as well. So um, like what we do with all of our guests, we ask with the best players you've played with. Now, you've played at three different clubs, so we'll start off with Norwood. Who are the, who are the best players you played with at Norwood? Oh, no, God. Uh, um, I can't help you if you I, need it. No, no, no. no, no. It, 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 it's hard because, um, you know, you know, you can remember I was I was 17 years of age, and so I looked up to all these players. And whether it was Windows or or Woody or or, or, or Ross Dillon, uh, you know, Craigie was just a fitness nut. Um, gags, drank and smoked, and but he could run all day. Um, <laughs> uh, Neil Barton was just a massive bloke and ruck. And then you know, Stazer at halftime having a smoke, but he'd still keep up with all the full forwards. And you know, it was, it was, um, yeah. To single one out, I can't, but just naming those is, is yeah, probably well, we, the best. Song. On to West we, Perth now. We, we, have a, we have a thing here where we can't quite pick our favourites, so we always give three or four, like a Mount Rushmore. So if you list three <laughs> or four, that's all good for us. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll move on yeah. to West, West Perth. Um, well, once again, when I, when I first started there, I, um, uh, the captain was probably the legend of the club called Les Fong. Um, he was a fairly significant uh, rover, um, best and fairest winner, played state footy. Um, you know, he held the club up for for a long period of, period of time. Peter Managlia, I spoke about, uh, very uh, how can you compare him to a very skinny, six foot skinny, run all day, kick both feet, jump like a gazelle, um, and on. WA grounds, like being hard and fast, he was just a, he was pretty, pretty special. Um, I love playing with Addo, you know, like, um, you know, what, what he did and whatever. And, and looking back, he probably uh, pointed me in the direction that I, that I started and, and I ended up. Um, played with both the Duckworths, like Johnny Duckworth, Elizabeth McGarry medalist for you. Yep. So, yep. Um, had played golf with him actually a couple of weeks ago. So, um yeah, yeah, no, he's he was pretty good and, and Bill of course who's legend at, at Essendon. And then uh you know, as I said, Corey Buick and we've become pretty good mates over yeah. over the years through the through his father and and, uh, and whatever. So uh, on and full on the West Perth side of things too, full credit to you that you've kept in contact with Brian Adamson with his health struggles and supporting Brian and that too. So credit to you there too, Palmy. Uh, Rick, yeah, Richmond side of things, mate. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. There's some there's some characters there, but you know, as I said, like uh, General General Lee, um, um, Strawny, um, Bruce Tempney, uh, Rochi, uh, Flea, of course, and still catch up with the, the ghosts when I can, Jimmy Jess. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, Emmett Dunn and, and whatever, who um, who was my reserves coach and played with him, um, was still still pretty close. So, um, and a good a good mate, Peter Willems, who was the um, president of the past players, who played a lot of um, seconds footy, but just missed out on on a, on some on league games, special league games. So he's been a a close friend and, and whatever for a long period of time. So not necessarily not necessarily the best player, but you know yeah. just a just a good all round person. So who's over all these years um, stayed in touch. And you did play you did play with a certain K Bartlett. So say, he, he might have been up. a great coach, but geez, he could play. He lit up the G a few times. Um, yeah, I played his four hundredth. That was a great day. I think that was eighty eighty nine thousand. It was against yeah. Collingwood. So. Um, yeah, shit. That's that was mad. That's um, and when you think of the old, you know, Great Southern Standard, well, it wasn't as big as it is now, but that's that's a huge crowd. Yeah, and you know, you run out of that famous uh, Richmond Melbourne race, which is no longer there. Which, um, you know, it's probably just as good as running out of the old uh, the the parade right, race yeah. as well. That's, yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty special race that one. So, yeah, yeah. And then so hopefully we... they retain. Hopefully they retain that. Oh, I would hope so. Uh, then we move on to your hardest opponents, mate. Oh, um, I'd, I'd have to say Michelle. Yep. Uh, Hard tag, I would imagine. Uh, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a, <laughs> no. That's, You're a bit slow no, there, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a three weeks suspension. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, oh, look, Lee Matthews at Hawthorne. He gave me nightmares. Um, um, you know, back in the, back in the eighties, it was either Hawthorne or Essendon we were playing off in grand finals. Yeah. So, and being in the back line, well, guess where the ball was? Not ninety five percent down my end. So, yeah, no, he uh, he gave me a lesson um, a couple of times. Uh, he would have given plenty as well. Don't worry about that. Oh yeah, I oh, know. Pretty good in those days. Don't like that. Oh, yeah, they were. They weren't bad. Those blokes at at, at sledging and uh, letting a few little. Um, uh, Barbs, Barbs, Muhammad right? Ali, Muhammad Ali, little ones go either. So, yeah. um, um, I, they, they always put me on Mickey Collin at Fitzroy. We played Fitzroy, so, and I don't know whether it was just a pace thing uh, that you know I could at least keep up with him. But he was a mountain of a man, so yeah, we always had a had a good battle there. Um, and oh, oh yeah, Gary Abbott Singer, he. Yeah. He's another one that gave me nightmares. I remember one day at the G, I think Julie was coaching with Lance along at the G, and and Strawny, Strawny was on him, and um, and he's kicked. He's at the start of the game. He's kicked seven in the first half. So he's 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 about ripping his hair out, and we're getting we're getting flogged. We're getting done. And um, um, so halftime meeting in 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 the room, Julie, Tony, Jill comes up and. And we look at the board, and there I am. I'm, I'm, I'm at full back on Ablett. I've gone, holy shit, this is going to be an interesting second half. Anyway, um, it kicked four on me. Ended up with eleven. I think he did that on numerous occasions against yeah. us too. But yeah, no, he uh, he is he is the best Ablett. Don't worry about that. Some fair opponents there: Matthews, Hawker, Conlon, and Ablett Senior. Holy moly! Ablett had a bit of height on you too, Palmy. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah no, but he was. He was tall, he was strong, he was quick, and he was both sides. And, yeah, he's the best Ablett by a mile, by a mile. And, uh, and then they always used to put me on uh, uh, Glenn Hawker at Essendon. So we had some good touch-up battles there. So, 
um, yeah. And you've mainly yeah. worked in the sporting game, Palmy, after you know, after the bank bank side of things, and you know, moved yep. around and ha- held various spots there, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, I, um, I, I um, once again was lucky to get a, a position in, in Melbourne that led to um, my move to WA. So um, I've been in the in the in the sporting wholesale game, um, you know, you know, it's about thirty five years now. So um, yeah, so that's sort of um, been good and, and worked itself along with it with the footy as well. Did I read somewhere that you had the distributing rights for Wilson and Deodora at one stage? I I was the, no I was the um, I was a sales rep in Melbourne for Wilson and Deodora when I when I first uh, when was it eighty five I think yep. I I got appointed there so I was just a sales rep and um, uh, Paul Ruse was the other rep for the same company called Active Leisure and. Uh, so Rusey did the, the the Horsham run and I did the um, the, the River run, and um, yeah, so we always had lunch together on a on a Friday, um, except when Fitzroy played Richmond the next day, we didn't. Um, <laughs> it was a long yeah. long lunch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of my association within the sporting. That's where it started, and then I sort of yeah branched out from there and and did my own thing uh, when I shifted to Perth. Palmy, look, greatly appreciated. Uh, you know, the Ashwood uh, Palm friendship goes back a long way. Um, you know, I'll catch up with Jenny probably more than anyone, anyone else now, nowadays side of things. And, yeah, greatly appreciate your support over the years, apart from that day you put a hole in my cricket bat. Um, yeah, and Michael should have bloody played league football. And, yeah, been through a lot. We didn't cover, you know, you also motor neuron and that, Jim, Passed away sadly with motor neurons, so yeah, there's yeah. been plenty, plenty of things and uh, and over the years, Palmy, greatly appreciated, mate. Uh, no, no, th- thanks for having me. I lo- love the chat. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you both. Hello to Michelle for me, please. Yeah, I will. I will. Thank you for letting me in with the Ashwood Palm connection, yes. but also our listeners as well. And um, yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed hearing the stories, and I'm sure there's we could probably go on for another hour with some of these stories, but uh, no, we greatly appreciate uh, you taking time out, uh, obviously over in Perth at the moment. And um, yeah, thank you once again. Okay, beautiful. Stay safe and uh, thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Palmy. Thanks, mate. Happy days. Yes. Yes. All right, mate, we move on to happy days. Uh, happy birthday to one of your favourite players yeah. and, and a player that's starting to uh, really come into his own, and that's Jason Horn Francis of Port Adelaide. 19 years of age, taken with pick one in the 2021 draft, AFL yeah. draft. Uh, Jason has some serious talent, uh, playing every game this year for Port Adelaide after being traded uh, by North Melbourne at the end of last season. Uh, contracted now until 2028, and I think Porter on it. They've got a ripper here, haven't they? They've got a steal for mine. I yep. thought that at the time. That pick-up against Western Bulldogs. Oh, it just – no one wanted to go near him, but it was just class, wasn't it? pace. Do you know who it reminded me of? Nathan Buckley. Yeah, there was a bit there. There's no doubt about that. There's, there's some sim- There are some similarities. Look, I, I'm happy to predict that he'll be the man of September. Just the weather to come um, – yeah, look, he he's a gun, and for such a young player in his second year, and, and the the crap he's caught, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, look, man, he's a gun. 
Uh, I have to agree with you, mate. I, I was a little surprised that North Melbourne let him go for what they did. Well, they got Sheasel out of it, so and he he's he's a good player. Yes, and I and I think he's going to be a very good player. But this kid is special. When you talk about generational players at clubs, yep. and we talk about um, you know Brisbane's Fab Four and and Richmond's Fab Four, and you know all these players, you know he is slotted into Port Adelaide's Fab Four with ease, and he's not having to take. Their best midfielder. He's not having to do massive things, but when he is doing them, he's doing them very, very well. And he also reminds me a little bit of Viney from from Melbourne. Oh, it's just his pace, and that, and the, those three to have Rosie and Butters. It's you. It's their dynamics different than any other midfield yep. in that in that way. So, if you Kenny, why wouldn't you want to hang around to see the end of this? Because it could. You know, the fruits of his labour could be uh, laid bare in the next two or three years, and Port Adelaide could really. Yeah, set the world alight with these guys. I'm happy also to go out on a limb. Uh, Gold Coast having Raul and Anderson yeah, from their um, academy this year. They will pick up Flanders, uh, uh, Walter, sorry, a key centre half forward, yep. and Sanders another midfielder. Wow, watch this kid go. Absolutely. All right, we'll keep an eye on that yeah. one with interest. All right, mate, we move on to cricket in 1979. World Cup cricket, Lords London, man of the match, Viv Richards scores 138 as not out as defeating defending champions. The West Indies beat England by 92 runs and Joel Garner with five for 38. Joel Garner, the king of the Grenfell Tavern, the year when he played here in uh, Adelaide. Let's just say that. He had a, just as good a strike rate on and off the ground. He he was uh, entertaining to see the least, the big bird. Um, yeah, Viv, just class. 138 not and out. Smash him. And yeah, his record in, in World Cup finals for the West Indies, yeah, he's uh, yeah, run outs as well yes. in the field. Uh, in, and that, he's a gun. Absolutely. Yep. Well, Superstar. And West Indies were definitely on the top of their game in yes. the 70s and yes. eight, late 70s, early 80s, and a little bit into the 90s as well. Sadly, it looks like those days are never going to come back. It does a little bit, but you know what? Things come in roundabouts yeah. and that could change. So yeah. they might unearth a couple uh, of gems and we'll see how we go. Yep. All right, in 1991, uh, racing, mate. Mazda becomes the first Japanese car to capture the Le Mans 24 hour race. Yeah, it's. Is it interesting just. Something out of the ordinary, as you like to find. I Pete. do like yes, to find, yes. yes. And Keeps yeah, me busy. Yeah, no, great record there. Great effort by Mazda, and probably something that you can always hang your hat on that one. It's let's just say there are going to be a lot of back slapping behind the scenes, and that's yes. something we've got on our yes tick, tick on the old bucket so, list yeah. that uh, we've yeah. achieved. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I agree. All right, mate, we move on to 2003. Baseball, Barry Bonds still second base against the LA Dodgers, becoming the first player in MLB history to have 500 career home runs and 500 steals. It's incredible the record is still bases that often. It's yeah, it's an amazing stat. The homers is, home runs are sensational, but it's the stolen bases which hits it. Absolutely. Well, it's incredible. The, the, the big thing, um, like we have talked about previously, that if you're hitting three out of ten, you're... You're uh, you're a yeah. legend of the game. Yeah. Four out of ten, exactly. three out of ten. You're you're a very very good baseball player. But he can't steal those bases if he's not on base. Oh, and baseball uh, teams and baseball clubs they rate very highly that if you get on base, you're a chance to score and win games. And for him to not only 
hit 500 home runs, not only get on base, but then start stealing bases. Wow, that that's a huge statistic, and that's why he'll go down as one of the all-time greats, Barry Bonds. Oh, no, he's a legend at baseball. Yeah. And just on that with stealing bases, that has come back into vogue a little bit with the pitch clock coming into baseball this year. Um, obviously, it gives more opportunity for uh, uh, players to be a little bit more aggressive, and stealing bases is coming back into vogue. So very, very interesting. Yep, no, it's a, it's a great one to have found. Found well played, Pete. Thank you, mate. Uh, we move on to our last one for the uh, for the happy days. Uh, Two thousand and nineteen, Ash Barty becomes the first Australian female player in forty two years since Yvonne Gulagon Corley to attain the world number one ranking as she beats Julia Georges six three seven five at the Birmingham Classic. And let's not forget too, Ash Barty walked away from tennis, went and played uh, played. Uh, cricket played for the Brisbane Heat and the Big Bash, absolutely, um, and then came back. So obviously, once you've come back, you're starting from a pretty low, low rung to go through to be number one. Look, incredible, Ash, and look, congratulations, making her own call, going out her own terms, absolutely, and all that. But I reckon we would have loved to have enjoyed her another, another couple one. of years. Yeah, yeah absolutely, purely as a sporting nut. Absolutely, uh, you're right. Um, you know, touted as a fantastic junior. Played some very, very good tennis in yeah. her early years. Uh, walked away from the game, went and played a completely different sto- sport, as you said, playing uh, cricket of all things. Yeah. Uh, was very successful at the cricket as well. Uh, they, uh, Brisbane Heat regarded her as a very, very good player. Was missing it a little bit. Um, almost came back to the sport with a nothing-to-lose attitude. And, boy, did it pay dividends for her. And, uh, you know, really just went out there and played for the enjoyment. And, like I said, walking away at the time. But... You know, to, to reach number one in your chosen sport and to do it after you'd walked away from the sport, I think there's something to be said about that, that oh, her timing was of, fantastic. Such wasn't a it? touch of class too as a, as a person and really always been pretty balanced about life and, you know, the bit of enjoyment of enjoying Richmond going top and mm-hmm. the thing on her sculling a beard. Hey, well, she normality about the, about her as well. She grew up a little bit, yeah. didn't she? She um, sort of was th- thrusted as a junior into the spotlight, and you know there was a bit of pressure on women's tennis at that stage, and she was the gun player. And like you said, the, the little bit of normality is actually what has helped propel her to to the status that she is right now. Oh, look, and I think too, as we said, a balance of realizing that hey. Yeah, I'm winning, but it's not the be-all and end There's all. more to life. And, yeah, just nailed it. So Absolutely. No. All right, we'll finish on that one and we'll scoot into the big finish. Extra time. Big finish. All right, some apologies for our netball listeners. Last week we had them in the finals. We had them playing teams in the finals. Oh, we, we, we were a couple of weeks early on that one. But now we are up yeah. to the finals. The Thunderbirds, congratulations on one, making the finals for the first time in, I think it was about 10 years, so I think we I were, heard. We were just the Nostradamuses of it. We, I, I think we should be more congratulated. We were. Today. Pat's on the back for that yeah. one there. Uh, they continue their winning way, uh, winning the final round of the uh, Super League season there. And it secured them a double chance. And play New South Wales Swifts in the semi, so huge game. Um, Anything can happen. And all the best. Exactly right. Uh, bit of Nostradamus again. Um, they play the Swifts, who they beat in the, in the final round, to obviously get them the double chance. Are they a chance to go back-to-back on that win? We can only hope. Oh, absolutely. We want that trophy back here in SA. We've yes. uh, we've been craving one for a few months now, and um, 
we've we've hung our hat on the on the cricketers of Kerry and uh, and and Travis Head uh, doing the, their bit for SA and the Lady Cricket and side. and the Lady yeah, Cricket yeah, side, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Adelaide Strikers uh, winning their uh, final as well. So yeah. this will be another trophy to add to the cabinet of 2023. Yeah. It'd be fantastic. Hopefully, all right, mate. We uh, like we've done over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've had a bit of fun with the AFL with the trade resign retire. I've got a three very interesting cats here on my um, on my list: Max Gorn, Mason Cox, and Scotty Lysett. Well, I'm not retiring any of them, and probably the interesting one I think was Scott Lysett five or six weeks ago. Yeah, you were looking and going, yep. "Hey, yep. he's struggling, got dropped the SNFL, but he's come back with a huge uh, with a kabang, yep. and has been fantastic, and has really helped Lysett. propel them." Yeah, so. And that look, Max Gorn's class, obviously, you see resign there. That's yes. Thing. And Mason Cox has done his job for Paul, uh, for Collingwood, Collingwood. and you know, coming back now from injury as well. So, I, yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if all those three aren't well and truly on an AFL list right, next year. We've got to pick one, though. Who are you trading, who are you resigning, and who are you retiring? Well, I'm resigning Max Gorn. Yep. Oh, look, just a bit of fun to retire someone from Port Adelaide, <laughs> Scott Lysa. Yep. And Mason Cox, he, he can get traded to the American Super Bowl. There, Absolutely. Mate. All right. Well, I'm going to go uh, re-sign Max Gorn, uh, retire Mason Cox, and trade Scotty Lysette. There you go. All right. A bit of fun. Uh, the NBA Finals, we were in the midst of our yeah. last episode when that was going on. It was one all at the time. And then as predicted, uh, as I thought would happen, and, and I think most people would happen, the Denver Nuggets went bang, 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 and they win the series 4-1. Yeah. Just... In the end, class, yeah, just and that and four one comprehensive in the. It's, un, it's really unusual, as we know, in the but it normally goes down to the sixth, six uh, or six, six or seventh. So it does comprehensive. Uh, obviously, game one, uh, Denver uh, defeat uh, Miami one hundred four to ninety three. Game two, uh, the Heat come back one eleven to one hundred eight. So pretty close. Uh, and then Denver, yeah, one hundred nine to one uh, to, to ninety four in game three, one hundred eight to ninety five in game four, and then obviously uh, winning ninety four to eighty nine in game five. And you're right, it was uh, very much a dominant season. And you know, really, uh, Denver winning uh, like they did really puts them at the top of the tree, and and they won as they were expected to win. Yep. No. All right, Game's we move off. on. We yeah, absolutely. We move on to tennis uh, and and. Actually, going back to the basketball, you know, no rest for the wicked. A bit like the AFL, the AF, uh, the NBA draft starts in a, in a yeah. week's time, so yeah. be interesting to see. There's a couple of uh, very interesting draft picks, but we'll talk about that a bit later. We move on to tennis. Uh, the warm up uh, for Wimbledon. Uh, Aussie Jordan Thompson uh, makes the final in the Netherlands. He was up, he was up a set, yeah, a set uh, early on. Good effort, and yeah, he he keeps being a bit of a a contributor, Johnny Minton, you know. Gets around the mark and the odd tournament here and there. And it's not easy when you're not the big name to make you make your living in that regard. So, yeah, yep. look, all the best to him at Wimbledon. Absolutely. All right, we move on to a couple of the uh, lead-up tournaments. Obviously, the big one uh, is at Halle, uh, Birmingham as well. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting. And some early tips on uh, Wimbledon men's and women's uh, winners. I know it's a bit boring, but you can't go past Djokovic. Yep. And the women's side of things. It's a bit open, but yeah. you'd have to say Swantec yeah, you, you is can't. in form. She yeah. is the number one player yeah. in the world. Yeah. Can we see any Australians uh, going deep at Wimbledon this year? No. No Kyrgios or, no. you know, Kyrgios has basically said that, you know, mentally he's not quite ready yeah. to come back oh. yet. Very, very interesting. All right, mate, and a new subject that I, I thought I'd throw in here for our um, 
Big finish. Uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, some sporting moments over the last week or so, or weekend. Uh, any good moments that, that jump out at you? I'll go Joe Root congratulating uh, Kawaja while Robinson is the other way. Just a, a really... It was just dumb. Yep. It, it's not terrible. It's just dumb. Yep. And look, he's got a record too. Let's not forget he's been suspended for a couple of months on... Yep on racism sort of stuff before. So it's just, yeah, it was it was just bizarre. You're watching going, hey, mate, pull your head in. The guy's yep. got 140. You haven't yep. got him out first ball. Yep. It was just, yeah. That ridiculous. was probably my ugly. Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yep. And any good good moments uh, that you can think of over the last couple of weeks? Oh, look, I, th- I think with that, even Steve Smith running to congratulate Joe Root as well. Yep. I just think that's just a bit of common sense. And you know, how, we, how the cricket... You know, try and knock the guy's block off. But then he's 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 won that duel. Well done. Yep. Well played. It's, yep. it's not it's not that hard. It's Sport, not rock, rock sports. Science. Yeah, sportsmanship's huge. Uh, my good, my bad, my ugly. My good is probably the Thunderbirds. Uh, their result uh, making the finals after you know sort of ten years of fighting and fighting and yep. fighting. Uh, they've done well. My bad is probably we still haven't quite got the uh, AFL tackle and suspension, and and uh, we haven't quite got that matrix right yet. Uh, it's still up in the air. It is, yes. Um, yeah, look, I, I still say it's not whether we like it or not, and there's Michael Christian doing his job, and the clubs keep opposing it and fighting. And I'll give, I'll give Richmond for mine the dumb thing for the week as well. Mm-hmm. Why... They fought Mansell's suspension. With he chose to bump. Yep. He's got H in the head. Yep. He's got concussed, and they try. Oh no, he got his shoulder. Well, no, he actually got hit in the chin. Yep. And trust me, he got hit in the in chin. chin. Yep. Um. And for mine, you appeal, you lose that, you appeal again. Bring back this thing where you get an extra game, and clubs might pull their head in. Absolutely. And then my uglies, I've got two uglies. One was, like you said, the cricket where, uh, you know, they're going off their uh, rocker after Kawaja makes 141 and it was a weird field as well. Um, but the other ugly is probably West Coast at the moment. I just, the ugly look of Adam Simpson uh, in the box there after the Adelaide yeah. or during the Adelaide game, you know, looking just so dejected and, you know, really, you know, we, we're much better at talking about mental health and, you know, here's a guy who's just watching his team get, Absolutely belted, and he can't do anything about it. And and just he just not even remotely lost. competitive. He, he just, just looks lost. Yeah, he looks forlorn, yeah. doesn't he? And, and that's probably my ugly at the moment. And look, the good, Liam Robinson's goal, winning winning Nord the and game, he, and, as, and effectively retaining the Williams, the Gallagher-Williams well, Cup. We, I'll go for that one. We, we could do the good, the bad, the ugly for another hour on yeah, that, on, yeah. on just the Nord uh, winning. But no, we won't, we won't bore you with that as well. All right, mate, uh, huge episode again. Um, we've uh, been able to do a couple of interviews, like we mentioned uh, uh, before I left. So we're going to add those interviews over the next week or so uh, as part of our Past Players, Past Legends segment. Um, we're also going to get a try to get a couple of local legends on, obviously, from the SNFLW uh, grand final winning yeah, we'll team. Work on that one. We'll sort of work on that one a little bit. And also um, our interview with Timmy G. Uh, part two, uh, we will release uh, probably next Tuesday as part of our um, flashbacks uh, episode. It'll be a special episode because we did end up spending another hour, hour and a half with Timmy as well. So we didn't want to add it to these uh, normal episodes and uh, and have you basically listening to us for three hours. Yeah. Oh, look, and Timmy G's is great. He's, so when you post something and it, it's not only a thoughtful response, it's never boring. He doesn't – it's not a repetitive stuff and that. 
he's just a, he's a natural speaker. He's he was funny, engaging, absolutely. And we've got his wife's phone number. <laughs> Happy days for you, mate. <laughs> uh, we thank uh, David Palm for his time. Yes. Uh, obviously, Ross Dillon as part of that uh, intro as well, uh, and obviously Timmy G and and Stephen Patterson, uh, which we've also had on uh, as well as part of our winter series uh, while I was away as well. So we thank all of those guys. And as per usual, mate, we promise to do better next week. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, mate. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at SportsCast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.